Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Guess what day it is, huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone, and happy hump day from the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley is here. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis is here. I'm Randy Carricker. The sun is here. So it's a beautiful day in St. Louis. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. Yeah, I know. I, w- I was kind of shocked this morning because I feel like we've been dealing with dreary weather. You yeah, even had we, to get the chopper going, which that's a big, that's that's a big, a big deal. thing, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now it's bright and sunny. A big yellow ball in the sky, yeah. Okay, you, you got no problems out on the road today. If uh, you're just careful out there, just uh, have a good time out on the roads in STL. I'm Captain Randy Carricker on 101 ESPN Jet Copter. Two? Was you guys how Hotsport Stadium looking for the game tonight? I didn't. I, I didn't get a chance to you get, get all the way down there. You know right? how Matthew much money Littertor it costs. Starting for the Cardinals. <laughs> I, I do know that. How about that? Yeah, we'll mm. we'll ask Adam Wainwright about Matthew Libertor, another big tall pitcher. Adam will join us coming up in the nine o'clock hour today. We're also going to talk to Chip Carey, Cardinal play-by-play man on Bally Sports. He'll join us at eight forty-five, and a lot coming your way. And we're going to start with the fact that the Cardinals did lose last night. What? No. Not yeah. this Cardinals team. No, we this is rolling. a different Cardinal team. Yeah. Yeah. We're rolling along here. Yeah, now they they fell three two to a million brewer, Brewers pitchers. <laughs> How many? A bullpen pitchers? game. There there might have been a million. Maybe like more. It. Maybe there were more than a million. There were I a like lot a of lot. them. Yes. Yeah, there were a lot of them. Cardinals actually uh, were looking pretty good. Willie Adamas with a ground rule double in the first inning to make it one nothing Milwaukee. But then the Cardinals came back, and this is just really unusual the way they were able to tie the game in the uh, in the second inning. Swing fly ball. Nolan's done it again. To the lower deck. RBI number 999 for Nolan Arenado. It's a game tire. That's Chip Carey, the call on Bally Sports, and that is five in five. Five home runs in five games for Nolan Arenado. Hey, at least the Cardinal, you know, his streak continued. The Cardinals might not have, but his streak of doing really well has continued. Can you believe that he came into this month with just two home runs and now he's already hit six this month? He's pretty good. He's, he's pretty when he's, hot. When he's hot. Yeah. He's pretty hot as of late, which, again, generally helps this team have success. We, we were talking about it uh, before the show. Poor Jordan Montgomery, huh? He, he can't get a night no. where they get 18 runs. He can't get one of those nights. No. Like, he's like, bro, <laughs> you all couldn't do, I mean, at least half. There are 138 qualified starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. Jordan Montgomery is number 115 in run support at 3.6 per game. Number one in baseball in terms of run support is uh, Martin Perez of Texas, who averages eight and a half runs of support per game. Uh, Brian Bello of Boston, 8.1 runs per game. Andrew Heaney of Texas, 
7.7. And he's Jordan Montgomery's less than half of that. It's it's tough. Wasn't this the issue last year with Montgomery? Uh, I don't know. When he first got here, you just, we, they were, they no, were, he, was he was hot when he started off 5-0. and It was 5 Okay. I remember the, the, they, they late in the game, they were just like not yeah. giving him the run support issue with, with the good. Maybe it was Michaelis I'm thinking of last year. Yeah. Well, Wade Miley, the Brewers starter, left the game with an injury, and the Cardinals were able to actually take the lead in this one, courtesy of Brendan Donovan. Base hit left. Here comes Tommy around third. Donovan breaks the tie with an opposite field single. And the Cardinals, with two outs, had their first lead of the game. But that didn't last. Weimer with a home run for Milwaukee in the fifth, a first pitch homer. Anderson with a home run in the sixth to make it 3-2. Cardinals had some opportunities. I, I was actually confident, which I wouldn't have said a week and a half ago. I was confident that the Cardinals were going to come back, but they just weren't able to get off the hump over the hump. They didn't get that timely hit, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they wound up falling 3-2. Well, and like you said, it's just that you kind of feel ha- that the vibes have been going better. Because remember, earlier on, when the streak, the bad streak was kind of going on with the Cardinals and it felt like they had a lot of bad luck, you were like, okay, they're not going to be able to make the most of this. So you just felt like in a lot of moments that they were going to be able to. They did leave 12 men on base last night. They were one for f- nine with runners in scoring position. And it, I don't know, that that just sucks for Jordan Montgomery, right? Going back to what you were saying, yeah. Carrie, because... You know, he mostly did his job. I would say that it was a pretty decent outing for yeah. him. He had some good swing and miss. He did say, though, that he'd probably lose some sleep on that first pitch fastball to Weimer. He said mm-hmm. that one wasn't a good pitch. Yeah, and speaking of his frustration, here's what Montgomery had to say when asked about whether or not he is starting to get frustrated by the fact that he was 2-0 and and now he hasn't won since then. I gave my team a chance to win today. Really, that's all I can do. So, just... uh Try and not get frustrated. I hate losing. Um, I feel like I haven't lost one in forever, and I feel like I've been throwing the ball pretty well. Um, but nothing I can really do about it but just keep going out there and pitching. Well, here's the thing the Cardinals have to do. They have Matthew Libertor coming to town to start tonight, right? Mm-hmm. And then Adam Wainwright's going to be set back a day. All they have to do is move Jordan Montgomery back a day so that the hitters are on a different day when he pitches. <laughs> who is who was supposed to start today? Who is who Adam, was Wainwright. Adam Wainwright? Oh, and so they just moved him back a day yeah. and brought Libertor up. Okay. Well, who's yeah. going to miss their start? If I had to Nobody. guess. Nobody. Nah. They're going to go with the sixth man? Nah. Nah. Who's going who's gonna to miss their start, Randy? I figured that they might give Matts a little bit of time to regroup. A day off? Yeah, uh, although he wasn't off. terrible his last time out. Maybe you do go with a six-man rotation because you've you got... You have six starters, remember? Well, what Jose Luck said? Yeah, they do. No. But if we include Jake Woodford, they've got eight oh. or seven, I mean. Yeah. Randy, you talked about feeling that the Cardinals had an opportunity they, because of what they did in Boston, the comeback mm-hmm. wins that they had. Wilson Contreras gets that double in the bottom of the ninth, and then the walk. You start to feel... the Sorry, the DH... Wilson Contreras gets the gets the double in the bottom of the ninth, and you feel like that's an opportunity. Unfortunately, um, just didn't get weren't able to get it done. But I agree with you. You you're looking at a team now. If this was three weeks ago, you would have been like, oh, three to two, it's mm-hmm. over. We're, we have no chance. But you're starting to feel that they can come back because they've actually done it. So. Hopefully they, they, they can continue to build. That's one game. Um, hopefully they can win the series tonight and uh, have a have a great series versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. And by the way, Matthew Libertor will be opposed by Corbin Burns, who's pretty good. He's not having the year this year that he usually has, but he strikes out like 
17 people of every game he pitches against the Cardinals. So he's 4-2 and two with a 3.35. He'll be pitching at the ballpark tonight. 6.45 game on Bally Sports. Libertor, by the way, was 4-1 and one with a 3.13 in eight starts in Memphis. Is there any way that over the course of the next three years, let's give him three years, that Matthew Libertor can make people feel better about the trade of Randy Rosarena for him? It might take a little bit. Oh, yeah. he's going to have to be a Cy Young Award I winner. would think so, yeah. <laughs> he's going to have to, and I mean winner, not top three finisher. He's going to have to win one and finish top three and five in the next in the other two. Yeah, Randy A can play. There's yeah. no doubt about it. He's been really good. Well, and luckily he's only 23 years old. So maybe, yeah. maybe there's a Plenty lot of, of upside. Yeah. Yep. And also, too, I, it seems like he's taken a major step forward because – even Ricky Horton was talking about in the post last night that he even said, and I thought that was pretty interesting. He said, you know, I wasn't even exactly, actually, sorry, it was Al Herboski. He said that I wasn't exactly particularly impressed by him last season, but he's taken major steps forward, and that's what they've seen from him. He's done everything that you've asked for him in the minors, and he deserves this opportunity, especially what have we been talking about a lot? The starting rotation mm-hmm. and to have some guys who can actually come up go deeper into games and he's Mm -hmm. been doing that in the minors and so you have to give him a chance especially as you're kind of getting closer and closer to the trade deadline and you're evaluating your talent in the starting rotation NBA last night the Nuggets had six players in double figures led by Jokic with 34 and Murray with 31 and they took care of the Lakers 132-126 although LA was down big and were able in the last minute and a half to get the, the lead of Denver down to three but Denver did hold them off. There's what a notion that, oh, the Lakers figured something out in the second half. No, they didn't. NBA players get bored when they're up by 20, 25 mm-hmm. points, yeah. and they generally let other teams back in. Uh, Brady, Brooke, Nikolai Jokic had 34 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists. That is the fourth time in NBA history, 30-20-10. Fourth time. You know who's on that list? Wilt Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Pretty good. And Nikolai Jokic did it the other two times. He is in playoff history. He yeah. is pretty damn special. Look at Rock. Rock is beaming like a yeah. proud dad over there. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm giving this glowing review of his favorite player, Nikolai Jokic. He is gleaming he, from ear to ear. He, there were no words. It was just a proud dad smile over there as I glanced yeah. over and looked at him. Nikolai Jokic is really, really damn good. Though. You guys keep asking me how do I root, how do I root for That's a team how? owned by Satan? Yeah, it's simple. <laughs> there's a, there's an angel out there on the court every day. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, he is he is really good. As much yeah. as I, his pace of play is it bothers me because it's so slow in comparison to other people. It's like it's almost like um, who is the uh, Tim Wakefield? You know how you, you get all these these guys that throw these hard 100-mile-per-hour, and then you get Tim Wakefield, and no one can hit it. it that's that's like watching that's watch, watching Jokic. He's moving such yep. at a, such a slow pace that everyone else is like, bro, come on already. Yeah. And he just puts the ball in the yeah, basket. The game slows down for you. <laughs> it really does. So, CD, uh, Brooke, what would you rather have? Would you rather have, okay, your favorite would you player. Rather? Your, your, yeah, would you rather? Would you rather? Your favorite player in sports right now. In sports right now, Steph Curry. Okay, Brooke, your favorite player in sports right now? Shohei Otani. Would you rather have your fandom of Curry or and your fandom of Otani or an NFL team in your town? I'd rather have an NFL team. 
I agree. I I love NFL so much I because it's fun. I don't I don't like what happened here yeah. in St. Louis, but being able to cover the Tennessee Titans for a little bit, it feels like every single week, every single game matters. Like you were talking about before, CD, they do a really good job of like building the storylines and all the different interests around it. Well, I don't yeah, know. I love it. The reason the question came up is because obviously Matthew would rather have his fandom of the guy that hates <laughs> him. Hates him. It's, that's the thing. It's he he loves a guy that hates him. He, it seems he, like it. He does. I've never claimed to not be a masochist. Yeah, I, my coach used to call me that. He's like, you're a glutton for pain, son. You, you enjoy getting yelled at, don't you? That's why you keep messing up. Uh, we're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Hey, it is late May now. It is May 17th. We've got Memorial Day right around the corner. We've got summer on the horizon. And this is a great time to ask Uncle Randy. I've got advice for you. Yeah, I might. it might not be great, but I've got advice for you. But uh, ask Uncle Randy's coming your way. All you need to do is send in a text with anything that is bothering you right now. you got to get something off your chest. You need some advice from Uncle Randy, Cousin Carrie, and Brooke. We're here, and we are here for you. Text in now, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Ask Uncle Randy is coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Back in my day, pitchers used to pitch. Pitchers used to pitch. Last year, kids, the top three innings pitchers in baseball mm-hmm. were Sandy Alcantara, Aaron Nola, and Miles Michaelis. Okay. They combined for a total, the top three guys in the National League, combined for a total of 630 innings. Hmm. The top three guys for the 1985 Cardinals combined for 785 innings. Mm-hmm. Seven, a lot eight, more, a lot seven, more innings. Yeah, 785 for the 85 Cardinals, 630 for all of baseball last year. And oh, by the way, that Cardinal team had three guys with well over uh, 200 innings last year. There were eight pitchers in baseball that threw 200 innings. Hmm. Back in my day, they were a lot tougher. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I've been around, you know. Swing on right. that. Ask Uncle Randy. That's that's uh, okay. Back so in the day, back in my day, yeah, yeah. They, 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 I never yeah. thought I would be that guy. Yeah, I'm clearly that guy. Oh, well, here, here, here's a <laughs> fun one for you. Okay, let's just okay again. Back in my day, on that team, John Tudor had 36 starts. Joaquin Andujar had 38, and Danny Cox had 35. Last year's major league leader, Corbin Burns, had 33. How many complete games did those guys have? Oh, my. Because the complete games number I looked up a couple of weeks ago in comparison, and it was so, oh, it was it was ridiculous. Okay, so last year in all of Major League Baseball, let me scroll down here so that I make sure it's right, uh, that group had, I would have to count them up in Major League Baseball, but I can tell you this, uh, there were... I got to scroll back up because there's so many zeros on this list. <laughs> so many zeros on this list. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see: six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six. Thirty-six complete games in Major League Baseball. The Cardinals were pretty close in 1985. All right, Matthew, what do you got? <laughs> A really good batch of asking Uncle Randy's today. Uh, Uncle Randy, I've spent a lot, uh, I have a lot going on in my life, and my performance at work has slipped a little bit. How can I show that I'm still me and I've just hit a little bit of a rut? 
Well, what you have to do is get out of the rut. And I know this sounds tough. I know you got a lot going on in your life, but you have to set your priorities and you have to make sure that they know that you are, because again, you showed them 100% evidently. And uh, that's a mistake. Now they expect it. <laughs> but so now they now that you've shown them that you have to show them that you're willing to provide it again. And I know that there are other things going on in your life and you might have to be taking away from work time to take care of things in your life. But if you want to remain employed, that's a big thing. You have to show them that you are what you are purported to be. Yeah, Sorry. I agree. You just have to get to get back to a hundred percent or a hundred and ten percent, right? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> I was going to say. I thought you were going to say you're you're right on par. I mean, if you gave a hundred percent and now you're kind of struggling a little but bit, that, the problem that's... is, is you can't show them a hundred because then they the, yeah. But it, doesn't it even out though? Doesn't it come down if you if you if you're batting a hundred and you miss a few and you strike out a few times your your batting average is going to come down yeah it is but see the thing is once you do it they expect it that's the I problem. got you all right the bosses dear uncle randy <laughs> am i weird for not liking baseball i've played the sport growing up but i've never liked it i always thought it moved too slow for me and even watching professional baseball it still bores me i root for the cardinals but it's just hard to be a fan of a sport that i find boring no you are not weird no. there's a lot of people that don't like baseball as a matter of fact the tv ratings would show that more than 90% of America, maybe, I, I won't say that, 85% of America, at the at the very least, doesn't really like baseball. They find it boring. So, no, you're not weird. I'm glad that you listen to our show. I'm glad that you're tuned in and pay attention to what the Cardinals are doing. But you can like what you like, and you don't have to like baseball. You're in a town that likes baseball. But I'm telling you, unless you're in... Boston, New York, Chicago, St. Louis, and to an extent if you're a Dodger fan, but their sports talk radio doesn't talk about it. Uh, we're the five towns that really like baseball. And when some cities are winning, when Philadelphia is winning, they're really into it. Mm-hmm. When, some cities, even when they're winning, like Tampa, aren't really into it. San Diego now is really into it. But the the only there's only like five cities in America that are defined by baseball, and three of them are the biggest markets. Yeah, four are the biggest markets. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's all about preference, right? And at least they have some of the rule changes, so it's all about, like, what mm-hmm. is the average, like, 38 minutes shaved off in a lot of these games yeah. now? I don't know if that helps, but at least it's a little bit shorter. It is more action-packed, but if, if you're somebody who likes the action of hockey, for example, where it's just nonstop, and then there are stoppages in play, and that's one of the pleasures of baseball is that you can have a conversation and it's just a different sport. There's not the nonstop action. Yeah. I think Doug Glanville, what he said, it, it kind of speeds up the announcers now. They can't mm-hmm. give those stories, which, you know, sometimes you do want to hear those stories. You want to yeah. hear some some things from former players and things that have taken place. Right. You miss out That's on That's a good those. point. Dear Uncle Randy, my parents, uh, my parents-in-law built a house in Alaska and they spend their springs through fall there. My wife flew out with her parents and our kids last week, and I'm flying out tomorrow to meet them, but I do not want to go, mostly because they are homebodies, and I just know most of my time will be spent seeing Alaska from their home. How can I go and try to not act agitated? Here's the thing. I don't know if you like to ride a bicycle. When I was in Alaska, I rented a bicycle. They have great bicycle trails. By the way, when they say moose crossing, know this, moose are aggressive. (laughs) Okay? So keep that in mind, but... You don't have to stay in their house just because they're homebodies. My recommendation would be that you and your bride, his wife, right? Mm -hmm. In-laws, yeah. Uh, 
you try to find some things to do and get out and see Alaska. There are people that have been to all 49, all 50 states except for Alaska. I know somebody who's, the, the only state they haven't been to is Alaska, been to 49 others. So when you get to Alaska, go out and check it out, see what it's like. I, when you started talking about bikes, I was, the first thing I thought of is like bears. Oh. You got to worry about bears, right? I didn't think of that. Actually, <laughs> I guess you do. Something you can outride. A, it seems a like they have a yeah. lot of different animals out there, right? Yeah, but you can wrestle it and beat it. I, but no. I think you can. I, well, I sh- you probably shouldn't do that. But there's a lot um, of cool stuff in the last. Yeah, I was going to say. I think even if your parents and your wife are homebodies, you could take time and venture out on your own. I and, would yeah, assume. I, I think or, that'd be good. I'm sure maybe go with someone, a friend, if somebody's there. Yeah. Yeah. So d- just don't acquiesce to the fact that they're home. By the way, why are they spending winter or summers in Alaska and then not going outside? Isn't like in Alaska like a place where you go outside? Yeah, like, that's I've the point, right? Uh, there's got like look like a glacier tour. There's got to be yeah. some like boat ride right. that takes you out to like helicopter. Tr- yeah, yeah, I took a helicopter yeah, tour. Like yeah, the same thing uh, for this guy, dear Uncle Randy. Uh, I'm getting ready to go on a two-week European vacation with my wife, and her birthday is in the middle of it. I asked her what she wanted to do for her birthday, and she says that the trip will be enough. Do I still need to get her a birthday present or not? You're going to be in Europe. Make a yeah, I would say that in this day and age, we are about experiences, and people want to have experiences. I would say that in this circumstance, and Brooke, you can weigh in here, but I, I would say that in this circumstance, that you're, the wife generally is going to be happy with the experience, and you don't need to add something else on. Yeah. No, I agree. Especially if she's saying it. Now, of course, he will know his wife, right? Mm-hmm. Is she the type where she says that she doesn't want anything, but it still has the expectation of something? So you have to, I guess that's the, like, knowing if that's what she really means by those Women words. Do that? I'm just saying, hey, oh. there, it happens sometimes, oh. but... Um, maybe just like to a one day on her birthday, just like a special dinner, which I'm sure that the, that they already have planned anyways. I'm sure that will be enough because I'm an experiences person, too. I'd rather have experiences rather than just one gift or just mm-hmm. a gifts, I guess. Yeah. And it's Carrie's face right by, now. By He's, the way, here's something that here's a play that you could make is and it might be delayed, but. Get a picture of yourself, like if you're in Paris, get a selfie in front of the Eiffel Tower. And then when you get, and, and by the way, send it in the picture to Walgreens, get an 8 by 10 And then when you get home, right when you get home, go pick it up, get it framed, and then wrap it up or put it in a gift bag and give that to her and say, happy it's birthday. Yeah. There's, there's always good like little like market shopping in Europe. You're going to be there for two weeks. At some point during the trip... Buy a little knickknack or something, yeah. and then give it to her for her birthday while you're on the trip. It's not hard. That's I mean, like you're like you're probably bopping around in different countries. You know, buy in one country when early in the trip, and then when you're in a different one, be like, "Hey, mm-hmm. I bought this for you when we were in France yeah. while you're hanging out in yeah. Germany. That'd be pretty cool." Thank you, Uncle Matthew. I'm just, I'm just saying, it seems like yeah. a weird. If she, if she like looks at something, answer. yeah, if she looks at something, maybe you like sneakily go buy it. But I don't know if she says it, and that sounds like a really nice trip. Can we come? That's that's the follow up question. Can we come? Can we be her birthday gift? Is what I'm there asking. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, I recently got a promotion and a substantial raise, and because of this, my wife has left her job to stay at home with the baby. However, this job is a ton of pressure, and I don't know how long I can take it. But now I feel stuck since she's relying on the income what can i do you are stuck and so i would say that uh, make the best of this situation with the job uh as we say here on the opening drive smell the flowers blow out the candles deal with the pressure 
And when you're in the shower in the morning, tell yourself, choose happy, choose happy, choose happy, choose to be happy. And you will appreciate 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 18 years down the road that your wife had the ability to stay home with the, the baby. So if you're going to go about this in a way that I would recommend, I would say that you make that small sacrifice for the betterment of your family. Yeah, that sounds good. Do it for the kid. Yeah. Childcare is expensive. It is. Really Very, expensive. Yeah. Good in God, fact, I didn't realize that yeah. until you get older. Yeah, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Dear Uncle Randy, I'm getting married in five months. Congratulations. My fiance's parents are starting to pay for some things for the wedding. My parents want to pay for all the normal things a groom's family usually pays for. But now my fiance's family say it's too little, too late to pay for anything five months out. What do I do? Uh, take the money and run. <laughs> <laughs> and t- just tell your parents, just say, say, you know what? We really appreciate it, but her parents want to pay for this. If you want to provide us with a wedding gift, we'll accept, we'll gladly accept that, but you don't have to pay for the wedding. And then allow them to still participate. If they want to get you a washer and dryer or refrigerator or something for your wedding, then accept that. But if you don't want to tick off the in-laws' parents, and if they're saying it's too little too late, just agree with that, and just and by the way, don't have that conversation with the fiance and your parents. Just it's it, that's a conversation between you and your parents. Say, hey, they want to pay for this, let them pay for it. Yeah, because usually the groom's parents pay for what the rehearsal dinner. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I, why not? Why not just let them pay yeah, for that if they want you know? to? Yeah, let them. Because I don't think that's something you have to plan out super in advance. Right. I don't know. And, right. And it's, if your parents have already offered, and if the bride's parents have insisted, no, we want to pay for it, then you've done everything you can. You, that you can't, you can't force yourself on them. Well, mom and dad, instead of us going to California, if you want to pay for us to go to Italy for the honeymoon, that'd be you, know, yeah, you can always do that yeah. instead. Well done, Uncle Matthew. <laughs> I'm on a roll today. Yeah, you do one more. We should, we should just make the segment yours. <laughs> no, 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 please, please don't do that. Oh, my, my advice oh. will my advice will dry up very quickly. Oh. Uh, dear Uncle Rainey, I'm doing Weight Watchers and P90X to lose a few pounds, but my wife can't stand it despite me not putting any pressure on her to join me. Is there anything I can say so that she won't continue to be mad about it? As long as your mood stays the same, I think you're okay. I. She shouldn't be happy about you trying to be unhappy about you trying to be healthy. If you're trying to to lose weight and be the healthiest you can be for her, she shouldn't be bothered by that at all. So no, and don't put any pressure on her. Just do your thing. There's I don't see anything wrong with being healthy. No, not at all. And she shouldn't either. That's the thing. Can you read that again? I just want to. Yeah. She's mad at herself essentially. Is what oh, okay. I, I, okay. I, 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 she, she he's doing a bunch of working out to lose weight, and she's and she's That's giving fine. him attitude about it probably because yeah. she's projecting okay. that she's mad that she's not doing work on herself. Okay, well, like that. just say, hey babe, I'm doing this for you. You don't have to just say, you know what? I just want to be in good condition for you. I want to be attractive to you, and I want to be healthy for you for the long term. And I don't mind if you don't participate. I'm just doing this so that. I, I can feel better physically and that I can do this for you. But don't, yeah, you you won't make her feel, I hope she doesn't feel bad about well, it. Well, spe- it, it, maybe I don't know what her health status is, but that might be something fun for her to join in as well to show that she's supportive of these changes as well. But it doesn't sound like you. she wants to get involved. That would be a great thing to show that she is supporting him yeah. in that way, honestly. Yeah. Carrie keeps making CD? faces CD? over what, here. What, what's the CD face mean? 
It just means that, you know, sometimes relationships are hard. My thing is, if, you, if, the, if there's an issue, just say that issue. Don't leave one to wander or yeah. wander and wonder, <laughs> wander, wander aimlessly wonder. and wonder what's going on. That's all I'm saying. Clear communication, I think, always, always, always helps. It generally does. Really? I believe so. Hmm, interesting. Just ask the Cardinals. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. And uh, thank you very much for the text. Coming up, there is uh, a little rumble in town that St. Louis University might be headed to the Big East. Would that be a good thing? That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new big green egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It was not a great year for St. Louis University men's basketball. They did win 20 games for the fourth year in a row. St. Louis, you had never done that before, but... They failed to make the NCAA tournament, and so did most of the A-10. And when Rick Majerus was alive, there was a substantial feeling that St. Louis University would join the Big East Conference when it expanded. The Big East includes Marquette. They were one of the best teams in the country during the course of the season. Xavier's always tough. Creighton has a great program. UConn won the national championship. Providence, Seton Hall, Villanova. Now St. John's has uh, Rick Pitino at the helm. Butler is there. They've been to several finals over the last decade. And then you have DePaul and Georgetown. One of the things about that conference, guys, is that Marquette's in Milwaukee, Xavier's in Cincinnati, Creighton's in Omaha, UConn pretty much owns the state of Connecticut, Providence is uh, right there outside of Boston, Seton Hall has New Jersey, Villanova's in Philly, St. John's is in New York, Butler's in Indy, DePaul's in Chicago, Georgetown in D.C. And what conferences are looking for is a TV footprint. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, if nothing else, St. Louis University, which is a competitive, if not it's not a great basketball program at the moment, but it's it's competitive. If I'm the Big East and I'm considering expansion, I'm looking at St. Louis University, and what we're hearing is that there are discussions 
that are going on, and I don't know how far along those discussions are, but I think it would really make sense if St. Louis University men's basketball and women's basketball could find their way into the Big East. Now, here's the reason why. Number one, they're a better fit. There's more regional rivalries. I mean, you think about it. You've got you've got Milwaukee, you've got Chicago, you've got Indianapolis. You've got a lot of potential really good rivalries there. But the other thing is, is when you get the program to where you hope you can get it, you have much more opportunity. And this is the key. The main thing is the main thing. You have a much better chance of getting to the NCAA basketball tournament out of the Big East than you do out of the A-10. Well, that was going to be my question. Last year, the Big East had five teams in the tournament. How many did the A-10 have? One. So if you're looking at numbers, obviously you're going to be playing a tougher schedule, but that was one of the reasons why Connecticut wanted to go back to that Big East because they felt like that was more of their footprint. The Big East in the 90s was was something completely different. You had all of those coaches. You had all of those famous programs and and it was just you know it it was a different brand of basketball then and I think that they're trying to get that that mindset back and if you're SLU you do want to be in a conference that has the University of Connecticut that that you can play Marquette that you can play some of those name brand teams and really uh, have an opportunity to have those big wins which would put you in the tournament and you don't have to win your conference tournament or, or, or be conference champions because you're only going to get one seed and one team in from your conference if you're the A-team. Well, and it feels like they've been working towards this for a while because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a, a rumor that's been floating around since like a while. For I'd a even say Actually, 2021. When Majerus was here, so uh, Coach Majerus died in like 2012, and it was so more than a decade, really. And then you had the you have the 20 plus million. I'm sure it's plus by this point. 20 million dollar O'Laughlin Family Center, mm-hmm, right? Right. And so you're kind of building towards that. And I even looked it up because I remember them saying that there were. It's, it's about being baseball centric. That was one of the basketball. phrases that they. Yeah, basketball centric. That was one of the phrases they were using. So it kind of seems like they've been putting different things in place to actually move towards this move. And. As a season ticket holder, I would like it because what it does is it forces the bar to be raised. Inherently, you are going to be a different program if you are trying to compete in the Big East as opposed to the A-10. This has happened to Mizzou. Now, has Mizzou reached that level that they wanted to? No. But Mizzou is an infinitely better program, athletic program now in the SEC than it was in the Big 12 because... If you're losing or you're mediocre in the SEC, you get left behind. You get mm-hmm. left in the dust. So you have to move on from a Conzo Martin to a Dennis Gates. You have to try. And that's why there's such pressure now on a guy like Eli Drinkwitz. And I think it would put more pressure on Travis Ford to be in the Big East. But I think that's pressure that he and, and the staff and the athletic department would embrace. Yeah. And, and again, you have those better teams, better matchups. Yeah. It's just... When I think of Villanova, I think of Kerry Kittles. When I think of UConn, you think of uh, Omeka, uh, 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 Omeka Omeka Ekafor. Is yeah. that Okafor? Okafor. Yeah. You think of those guys. You think you, there are names that that come attached with. You think of Georgetown. You think of Allen Iverson, Alonzo Mourning. There are those teams have more name brand than than some of the teams in the Atlantic Ten, and that's just it's just it's how sports are. And one self serving aspect to being in the Big East. When, as opposed to having VCU, all due respect, or Fordham, or 
George Mason come to town or Duquesne when you can have those Big East conference teams come to town. Tons of Marquette yeah. alums here in St. Louis. But that's an attractive program. And that's what you're talking about, CD. If you have UConn, the national champions, coming to town, if you have a, a rivalry with DePaul, if you have Georgetown or Butler coming to town, you're going to sell more tickets. And by the way, SLU was second in A-10 attendance last year, better than 7,500, and they've got 10,000 seats. So it's something to keep an eye on, and I, I would love to see it happen. Hopefully St. Louis U is able to make it happen. But I've seen people on social media say, oh, St. Louis U doesn't belong because they're looking at just the basketball histories. What makes you belong now in a conference is the size of your market and the eyeballs on your team. But Big East is essentially basketball. I mean, you don't think of any football programs when you think of Big East. You think of basketball only. And SLU has basketball. You don't don't worry about any of the – not saying you don't worry about any of the other sports, but the main sport that is driving the – the, the, the campus and the industry, that's the team you, you look towards. Well, it's and a, that's, it goes back to being basketball-centric, like they yeah, were saying. That's what yeah. they were working towards with that facility. And it just feels like SLU fits kind of that mold of what you would expect from, like what you're saying, with Big East teams. No mm-hmm. football really. Do I'm trying to think with the teams. Do they have football? UConn, but it's like UConn and does. Yeah, yeah. Villanova that, does. Villanova, but I mean, but, every, not good but it, everything yeah. is still more basketball yes. centric. Totally. As and you they say. might be even FCS. I don't even know if they. I think UConn. UConn might be the only one. That's, yeah, Georgetown has a field. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if they play. And that's the thing, I don't think they're FBS. SLU might not have the history, you know, uh, in the long-term t- history of, you know, the big programs, but the smaller schools there, SLU can match those ones when you think about the market size. Teoli is next. Get your text in, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. Take it or leave it coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? We put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Randy and Matthew, it's time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YO-HO. Interesting note about your Golden State Warriors yesterday, CD, and that the coach, Steve Kerr, said we never really were a contender after Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole. Yet he says, if we lose Draymond Green, we are not a contender. Take it or leave it. The Warriors do find a way to bring Draymond Green back next year. Oh, take it. Yeah, he's he's one of the key cogs in what they do on that team, both offensively and defensively. And so, yeah. So take it or leave it, Jordan Poole is gone. I would t- – I don't know who's going to want to trade for him. If you watched his body language mm-hmm. in the postseason and you watched his play, his performance, I, I don't know who would want – I mean, you, you pretty much are, are – going to have to sign him up and say he's going to play 38 minutes a night, 40 minutes a night, and you're going to allow him to shoot whatever shot he wants to take, and if not, he's going to complain. That's how that felt. You can do this when you have five championships like Steve Kerr does. Most coaches can't say, look, if Draymond is not back, we're not a championship contender. Correct. Most people can't say that, but it's cool that he can and be as honest about it as he is. Indeed. 
Uh, so I don't know if you all saw this the other day. There was a uh, Tim Anderson from the Chicago White Sox got booed. He hit a single. I think they fans wanted him to go to second, um, and he he stayed at first. And he went back to first base. He mouthed to the first baseman. Looked like he said, "I hate this place." They were in Chicago. Take it or leave it. They've only had two winning seasons in his tenure there. He should hate that place. I'll leave it. Really? Yeah. Remember when Alec, that happened to Alec Bohm last year when yeah. he got booed in Philly, and then they wind up in the World Series? Randy, they don't, they not going yeah. to the World Series. No, but you know what? If, if you're Tim Anderson, baseball fans aren't dumb. And if he should have been on second, then he should have been on second. Nah. If you, if you if don't you, like a place because you don't want to hustle, you aren't going to like I don't, most places. I don't think it was a, I don't know. I don't know if it was a lack of hustle issue. I think it was just a, he looked, he looked like a man that was withered. He just, he looks tired. And he looks tired of that place. Well, then he should demand a trade. Yeah. He'd be a free agent next year, I think. Yeah. He's a good player. He's yeah. a really good player. But sometimes that happens. And so, you know what? Sometimes you hate a place, and that's why you don't hustle. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Take it or leave it, guys. With Matthew Libertor getting his start today against Corbin Burns, but it's it's just great to see that Matthew is getting a chance that he is going to force his way into this whole starting rotation conversation where he will stay up here. I'm going to take that. Yeah, I'll take it as well. You've got a, a substantial investment now because of the Rosen-Rainer trade, and he's been around for a while now, right? 20, 21, 22, 23. This is his fourth year in the organization. It's about time for him to get up and get into the, the starting rotation. And one of your starters isn't performing well. Yeah. So yeah. that may be an opportunity. Mm-hmm. If you go out and, and perform well tonight, you may go from a six-man to a five-man really quick. When that trade was made, the consensus around baseball was that the Cardinals got a really good deal because nobody knew about a Rosarena. But they did know that Libertor was one of the most highly regarded prospects in the sport. So obviously it hasn't turned out that way, but... I don't think there's that many people that can say, okay, this guy has ability that are wrong. Yeah. Well, and I like it for many reasons. One, Libby has done all the necessary things. He deserves this opportunity and chance. He's been working really hard in the minors. It seems like he's taken a major step forward that they were talking about, especially during this offseason, to do the things that you would like to see Mm -hmm. from a starter here in the majors. And then, two, you have like a stretch here of like, I think, 18 games in a row. So this is kind of a good chance to really feel things out as well and see how he does, how he handles this situation. And you always think about the present, but you got to think about the future and you got to figure out what's going to the starting rotation is going to look like in the future. Exactly. Great point. All right, Matthew, what do we got on the old text line there? Specifically, take it or leave it. Libertor gets that dub tonight. Pitches six strong with eight Ks. Take it. Eight Ks? I'm going to go with eight Ks. Yeah, I don't, he's not much of a strikeout pitcher, but I'm going to go with it just because the best listeners in sports thought it was cool. Okay. No, well, <laughs> we can blame them if it doesn't go well then. Jeez. Uh-huh. You got your number. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Even if the Cardinals end up in the playoffs, all of the unneeded drama has lowered your overall confidence of the front office a notch. Leave it. If they wind up in the playoffs after this? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that, that is some <laughs> somebody is uh, strong-willed there. Yeah. They got some guys that are are getting some things done. Take it or leave it. If Flaherty makes 30 plus starts, the Cardinals make him a qualifying offer. Uh, I'll yeah, take that. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, take it or leave it. He would accept it. Uh, leave it. Who is his agent? I wonder. Because um, sometimes that I also. Know this back in the day. It's not Scott Boris. No, it is his agent's uh, CAA. 
Okay. Sometimes it's dependent on two because Scott Boris likes his clients to go to free agency. Of course, he works for them, but it seems like he mm-hmm. typically likes them to go to free agency. Yeah, which he really does. Jordan Montgomery <laughs> is a Scott Boris client, so that's something to watch for. He is going to free agency. Yes. Take it or leave it. If you don't trust Kisner hitting in the eighth, then why don't you hit for him when he there's two on and two out in the sixth? Ali continues to make head scratching decisions. If you, Take it. we had this, Take it. you know what? I'll leave it. I'm, I'm gonna leave the whole conversation. We shouldn't question Just, any of it anymore, right? I, right. You know, we don't know the art of pitching, and we clearly don't understand the level of of baseball that we need to understand to. We don't able. get it. And it might That's too be big brain. we wouldn't get it. We wouldn't get it. We wouldn't understand. <laughs> it might be that the the script predicted that there would be a better matchup coming up two innings down the road. Mm. Mm. Randy, that's fine. (laughs) Sounds like that's how you're handling it, Carrie. Uh, Take it or leave it. Kisner will get more innings behind the plate than Contreras this year. Leave it. There's no way that they'll do that, right? I mean, how do you? They already changed it. How the hell do we know? Carrie, you nailed it. Carrie, you nailed it yesterday. What did I say? The phone call was made. Oh yeah, the phone call was definitely made. There was so we we had a. You all were asking how you know how do you how did Wilson get back behind the plate so quickly? Well, you know, guy sitting in his office, phone rings. Hey, hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, yeah, so uh, you all asked me to pay eighty-seven point five million dollars for a catcher. Yeah, no, we we no 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 a catcher. Yeah, but we're no, 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 no. He's he. I, I read and I saw that he's playing. He's the DH now. Yeah, we're gonna just try some. No, no, no. I paid eighty-seven point five million for a catcher. So what he's gonna do for the team is catch. But sir, so what I'm saying is no, 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 no. You called me and said you needed eighty-seven point five million dollars for a catcher. And so I want the catcher to play catcher. Yes, sir. You'll get a catcher. <laughs> oh, more innings for Contreras than Kisner. That's, that's generally how it goes. That's called the golden rule. Man with gold makes the rules. Exactly. <laughs> My burner chimes in. Take it or leave it. Burns shuts out the Cardinals tonight. I'm going to leave that. Shuts them out? No, we're not going to get shut out. We are a team that averages eight runs a game when we win. Except for yesterday. Yeah. Well, we lost. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you said when you win. <laughs> when we yeah. win. So we, yeah. But we, we, we'll get three or four if we don't. But they have to win, I guess. They got to win. The thing. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals will win. How about that? That, that just happened. And uh, Corbin Burns, while being spectacular... Against the Cardinals in his career, let me scroll down this. He's actually not, uh, he's really good against the Cardinals, but let's go to game level, which I understand. I don't understand all the peripheral stuff. That's why I hate it. Uh, Four and four with a 2.84 ERA against the Cardinals. So I'm going to say that uh, he is going to be a guy that the Cardinals get to tonight at Bush Stadium. Three and two with a 1.82. The Cardinals should trade for the guy. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, uh, Doug Glanville talked about the rules changes in baseball yesterday. Are they working to our satisfaction? That's next on 101 ESPN. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
with Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Yeah, I, I like the rules. I, I think they're overall very positive. It, it's certainly accomplishing what was set out to accomplish, that is get more pace, more rhythm, uh, generally shorter games, but really more about a better better tempo. There's so much dead time. And I loved it as an announcer. I could tell stories and poems. I could read all kinds of stuff in between pitches. <laughs> but that's no longer the case. Uh, I do think that it's just gotten the ball in play more, and he just got more rhythm and and timing just the the action. ESPN's Doug Glanville yesterday here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It is 8.03. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke, Carey, Randy, and the average time of a nine-inning Major League Baseball game has decreased by 28 minutes from the same point last year. The biggest increase in BABIP, that's a batting average uh, with uh, on balls in play, has been on ground balls pulled to the right side by left-handed hitters. That is what the shift affected. That figure has jumped 35 points from this time last season as teams are unable to position an infielder in short right field. And with bigger bases, guys, as well as limits on pitcher disengagements on the mound, pickoff attempts are down, steal attempts and success rate are up, stolen base attempts per game are up one up to 1.8, the highest level in 11 years, that's 1.8 stolen base attempts per game. The current success rate of 78.3%, for stolen bases is the, is the highest in MLB history. Pickoff attempts are down by one per game, six to five. All of those are things that I personally am a fan of. I like the fact that the shift is allowing the left-handed hitter to get back into the game. I like more stolen bases, and I like, as Doug Glanville said, the pace. The, the time of game doesn't affect me as much as the pace of game does, and I really like the way the game moves now. Yeah, it does move a lot faster. I I went to one game, I think it was like earlier on this season, and I'm telling you, it really did feel a lot yeah. faster just <laughs> physically being there. It's like you might as well get there early, go ahead and get your concessions and just park it so that you <laughs> yeah. don't miss anything. And I, I feel like I do notice it in that way. And other than that, though, I, it seems like everybody else is adjusting to – all the rule changes as well, too. I, I like the pace of play. I like that it feels more action-packed. You would hope that more teams will steal more bases. And I I don't know. I like everything about it so far. 
I, I thought we would see, and I, I asked Doug this yesterday, I thought we would see more of the cat and mouse games with the pitchers and the hitters, uh, pitchers holding the ball a little bit longer, getting a batter uncomfortable, standing in the box, and, and you know, you've already taken your one timeout, so you can't take another one. Um, but you saw Wilson Contreras kind of using that cat and mouse game. I thought that was great. <laughs> against um, uh, Jansen. Jansen the other day. And so that was really good of him because he didn't have to put his foot into the box until a certain time. Eight nine seconds, nine seconds yeah. onto the clock. So you see that happening. I think you'll see more of those situations, especially come playoff time where, you know, the pressure is a little bit more heightened. You got a guy who has already uh, already had a clock violation or, or is, is down a couple of pitches. And, and so you'll see more of those things happening. I thought it was really cool. I wish the Cardinals would try more stolen bases. They're fourth in baseball at 86%. They've stolen 30 bases and they've only been caught five times. Now, part of the reason that they have that level of success is that they pick their spots. But, and when they're slugging, it really doesn't matter. But boy, there were a lot of games where it seems like they could have used manufacturing a run here or there and it didn't happen. And 30 stolen bases is... uh, Let's see, that is, uh, well, I have to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. They're 13th in number of stolen bases, but fourth in stolen base percentage. Is, Paul Goldschmidt, does he he's, still he's, lead the Cardinals him, in him stolen and bases? Tommy Edmond. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Archive. and Tommy Edmond stole a base last night, too. And uh, Newt, your guy, Newt. And Newt. Newt, there it is. Yes, and the Nutty Neuters always love when he <laughs> steals a base. But and, and that's what you just kind of feel like, too, with the Cardinals, is why not capitalize on a lot of these rule changes, especially that when we know a lot of the players on this team have the ability to do so. I can't say that when going into the season, I was expecting Paul Goldschmidt to be leading the way when it comes to stolen bases, because he doesn't seem like the fastest guy, but you know that there's a lot of guys on this team that are fast, and they should be able to capitalize on the bigger bases. But Going back to what you were saying about Jansen and Contreras, I thought it was really interesting, and it shows how much Contreras understands the rule mm-hmm. changes. And this is what he had to say about that whole incident with Jansen. Well, that's that's what uh, the pitch clock allowed you to do. I mean, I, I, I know that some uh, closers they like to get the rhythm, but my job as 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 bat is to not get them get into that rhythm. So I was like, I was letting the clock come all the way down to eight. It's not my fault. It's not. It's something that that I use for me in my favor and no favor uh, for the team, and it works out today. I love that because I I don't know, especially with everything that's happened with this whole situa- situation with you know him catching and not understanding the nuances it kind of seems like he does know the nuances because that was mm-hmm. really really impressive by him handling that situation in the it, night it seems like that's something that is done by a player with high intellect high baseball IQ, high baseball as they say. iq yeah someone mm-hmm. that understands the game uh can understand the timing how to throw a timing off of a pitcher and that was a fantastic job by him and you saw uh um Jansen gets so frustrated yeah. by what was going on. It was it was driving him crazy. He wanted to pitch. He was ready to throw the ball and and Wilson just kept his foot out of the box until yeah, until I'm ready. You you pitch when I'm ready and Kenley Jansen's like, "Oh." And he got a couple of violations and and then walked some guys and he blew up that that series. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I thought that was really impressive by by Wilson Contreras. And by the way, I think it's notable that the offense in baseball is up despite the shorter games. Batting averages were 243 last year. 
248 this year, on base last year 312, this year 321, and runs per game last year were 4.28, this year 4.58. That's three tenths of a run per game more just in in one year of the rules changes. We saw Nolan Gorman make a a nice play last night on the the faux shift where he lines up just to the left of second base, and then he made that backhand and made the nice throw and was able to, to make the play there. And Again, I, I think the bigger bases are going to have more and more of an effect as the season goes along. Were you a fan of of banning the shift? Because I thought when totally. we talked about it, you were a fan. Yeah, yeah you felt like it would it would make better baseball. Yeah, and it, it became softball when, yeah. when you have that player in short right field. Now, mm-hmm. it's something that analytics people and coaches can use to suppress offense. I don't want to suppress offense. Yeah. I, I always felt like if you don't like it, play better. Like, go the other way. You're a professional baseball player. You should not have to be, you should not have to pull every single time. Like, work on your craft. Do something that allows you, that, that I hear I hear Jim Edmonds, I hear all of the guys say, wait till the ball is deeper into the zone and, and hit it the other way. Here's the thing, though. When Jim Edmonds was playing, the average fastball was about 94. Now the average fastball is about 98. Okay. And I talked to, Chris, to Matt Carpenter about this a lot when he was struggling because, he was able, when he was a top five MVP, MVP guy, to just dunk a base hit into left by going the other way. Yeah. He didn't lose that ability to go the other way. What happened was that 94-mile-an-hour sinker in the space of literally five years and really a shorter time than that, guys are coming 98 up and in. Yeah. And it's re- just put your hands in a position where you're trying to go the other way and think about a 98-mile-an-hour fastball that's up by your chest. It's really hard to go the other way. Not every pitcher was that good, but it was enough to really suppress offense. And I don't think there's that many guys that can't do it in Major League Baseball because every left-handed hitter seemed to be affected by it. And if we're going to enforce defensive holding in the NFL so that we can enhance the offense, if we can outlaw the zone for a while in the NBA and eliminate hand checking so we can uh, enhance offense. If we can literally take out a red line in hockey so that we can enhance offense, I think there's things that we can do in baseball to enhance it too. And I like it. I'm a fan. That is today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, the Cardinals did fall last night, 3-2 to the Brewers at the ballpark. And we've got the Bird Watch coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. All right, we've all got some ideas about the Cardinals. Brooke, Carrie, and Randy. And Brooke with the first bird watch. Guys, my bird watch, and we've talked about it a lot, but I, I think this is just a very huge moment for Matthew Libertor to finally get his chance to. We, we've been talking about how much he's progressed, and he's doing everything you want. I, I like that they give him some time so that you don't have people saying, oh, it's too soon, right? It's too soon. We saw him before. We're going to experience the same thing all over again. He did everything right. He has an ERA just a little bit above three. It's 3.31. And he's been doing everything that you want him to do in the minors. He's just taken a major step forward as a starting pitcher. And look, I think a lot of us would like to put this whole debate about Randy Rosarina and the trade with him to bed. It's going to be tough because Randy A. has done a lot, obviously, since his exit Mm -hmm. with the Cardinals. But why not? 
at least see the other guy that was a big part of that trade piece, right, too. And especially with this starting rotation, I, I mentioned you're, of course, focusing on the present. So he addresses that. You get to see if he can help the starting rotation, which we know has been kind of a big issue thus far this season for the Cardinals. You also look ahead to see if this is somebody that you can keep here as you're trying to build that starting rotation for the future as well, too. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued. And I can't say that I would have if this if he would have started on opening day. But because of the success that he's had down in Memphis, I, I, I want to see what Libertor is capable of. He obviously has some ability. He was considered a top five, top ten prospect when the Cardinals got him overall in Major League Baseball. He hasn't shown the stuff to be a front of the rotation guy, but maybe... He's figured things out. Maybe he can be kind of like a, a Jordan Montgomery type pitcher. I think it's more intriguing now because you've seen what this starting rotation has done yeah. and, or what they haven't done. And so you're hoping that you can get a guy uh, in Libertor that can come up and, and do some of the things that they haven't been able to do. I'm speaking, speaking of Steven Matz and, and Michaelis at times throughout the season. Um a guy that can go give you quality starts, give you innings. You talked about it earlier, uh, Brooke, not eating up your bullpen as much because yes. we feel like this bull, bullpen could possibly be spent by mid-June, uh, mid-July. And so you don't want to have those issues. So seeing how well he can perform and, and if he does a great job, I think he does become that fifth starter uh, and, and takes the role of someone else. Well, and they have a long stretch of games here, too. So you might as well you we might as well see how this will work in the situation. And somebody already said to rookie of the year, it was a bad trade, but let's hope that he is a number three. Look, he's 23 years old, Matthew Livator. He did the things that you wanted him to change. And hopefully, hopefully he can be a, a mainstay in the starting rotation for a while for the Cardinals. You want it to work out, right? Because mm-hmm. we're not getting Randy A back. And it sucks seeing him be so successful. But you have Matthew Libertor here now. Hopefully he can be something important to this starting rotation. And also, by the way, you just also like to see the story too. Him and Nolan Gorman grew up together. So to have Nolan Gorman doing so well here right now, seeing those two and that dynamic will be interesting as well. And we pick and choose the guys that we would love to have back. I don't think anybody that is a longtime Cardinal fan would want to give back Bob Sykes for Willie McGee. I, I, I just don't see it. I don't think that anybody would have said, no, nah, they shouldn't sign. You know, Chris Carpenter hadn't done anything with the Jays, so they, they shouldn't have signed Chris Carpenter. I think they're, uh, we just have a tendency to look at those trades and nobody is asking about Tony Losey and Mateo Gill and Jake Summers <laughs> and Andrew Young. I don't see anybody complaining about those no. former Cardinal farmhands no. that got traded for Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnato. Eh, got some guys. Those two guys are doing pretty well here. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, sometimes sure. That's how trades go, though. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing. The people that are complaining think the Cardinals are going to win every single trade, and the Dodgers traded Jordan Alvarez to Houston. Didn't work out particularly well. Sometimes it happens that both teams are trying to win a trade. Indeed. The Cardinals aren't the only one. I'm going to look at Jordan Hicks. This is a guy that is one of my favorite players, and I told you all this. When a guy can compete at the level that he has, when he can throw that hard, it's about command and and being able to find location and and put your pitches in the right places. Early in the season, he he stunk. It was bad. It was not good in any form or fashion. But his last 10 games, he's given up five hits, three earned runs, and his last three games, he's been completely shut lights out. He's been completely lights out when he gets into the game. And 
ERA from the beginning of the season where he was at a 13.5, he's at a 5.6 now, which means he he has proven himself to be trustworthy, to be given more of those opportunities. You know, earlier in the season, you, you said it yourself, he's probably a guy that comes in only in low leverage situations, mm-hmm. and now you're bringing him in in moments where – you know, you're either up a run or down a run, and you're trusting him to get the job done. I still would like to see less walks. He didn't have any yesterday, but he has the tendency to walk a guy, usually the first guy, but because he throws so well, he can get those guys out. I would like to see more of, more of um, you know, less strikeouts, but I, I mean, less walks, but obviously I think he's doing a fantastic job right now. Yeah, he's really found himself as yeah. a pitcher more than just as a, as a thrower. And yeah. maybe it took them taking him out of those high leverage situations to do it but he looks great right now he really does and you need him in the bullpen too and you need him to be doing what he's doing now consistently i think that's the biggest thing with jordan hicks is just kind of wondering if he'll be able to do it on a consistent basis and as of right now good yep and guys, with good reason, we've given up on this team so far this year, and we've given up on players. <laughs> oh, my God. We, we gave up on Jordan Hicks. Uh, and you know what? Two days ago, you could have given up on Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond was hitting two thirty eight going into the opener of this series. As you wake up this morning, he's got seven hits in his last nine plate appearances, and he's hitting two seventy five. So two seventy five looks a whole lot better than two thirty eight does, doesn't it? it? Does. And sometimes you just have to give a season the opportunity to breathe. And that's what we're doing with people like Jordan Hicks and Tommy Edmond, and it's great to see. And I've got kind of a, a double bird watch here, guys, because I'm going to go a little old school on you. Because 25 years ago this morning, Mark McGuire had 16 home runs. The leader right now has 14 in Major League Baseball. But by the end of May, McGuire went from May 17th to May 31st with 11 more homers. He had 27 home runs at the end of May. And here is what I'm saying with this bird watch. Baseball needs steroids back. Oh, oh no. Randy? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think you... That was, think, that was so much fun. I don't think you that should so say much that. Fun. You probably could. I don't think you should say that. Yeah, I don't uh, think. I mean, <laughs> we are in the entertainment business, are no, we not? Was it was it was it better when no one knew? Yes. When everyone just yeah. assumed this is this power oh, weightlifting, <laughs> weightlifting <laughs> protein powder, yeah. right? Big sticks, creatine yeah. is what everybody yeah. was taking. I'll tell you what that that journey twenty five years ago was unbelievable. That was so much fun. It really it was fun. <laughs> it was fun to to expect a home run to be hit. And, and watch that chase. It, 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 it was fun. By the way, they had it last night on the Bally telecast, and this is why it came up. Because last night was the anniversary of him hitting the post-dispatch sign, the 545-footer oh. that only Ozzy saw. It hits the sign, the post-dispatch sign, and then it drops down into the, the grass in the batting area. And Ozzy's on the call, and Ozzy says, I think that hit the post-dispatch sign. It was a monster <laughs> shot that Big Mac hit. And it was, and then the next day, because it broke the glass of the post-dispatch sign, and the, the next day it had a giant Band-Aid on it, and it stayed there for the rest of the season. No. That's amazing. He was unreal that year. What a fun time. It was what, really what a it, fun it was time. Fun. Probably yeah. not healthy, but you know. Ignorance is bliss. Entertainment. Is. They're, they're still kicking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was worth it, yeah. I guess. Oh. It was <laughs> financially. It was totally worth it. <laughs> I think so. Yep. I, I, I really think so. Yeah. Uh, Baseball yeah. loved it. If, if anybody was turning a blind eye, it was Bud Seelig at the time, right? And the, the teams weren't turning a blind eye. They were p- cutting checks. And we were showing up, right? <laughs> we were there every night. And we didn't have cell phone cameras. So every single night, it would be 
50,000 because it was the old ballpark. 50,000 in the house, and you've seen the photos, mm-hmm. and you were there, right, CD? Yep. And all these flashes would go off whenever somebody would throw a pitch to Mark McGuire. It was really fun. So, yeah, it's... there's. You know, people say the steroid. I, I, I don't think we should do that, though. Were we not entertained? We were entertained. We were. <laughs> they were also entertained with gladiators. We don't want to do that either. That's true. <laughs> uh, uh, we are uh, going to have a fight next. Randy, you have a okay. pressure on you. Because well, I went 4-0. Oh, you yeah, went, four, you won, four, you won, oh. you got four. We you got a streak. Got you got keep, a streak. You got to keep going. Okay. You got to get all four today. Okay. Putting well, a little pressure on you. Okay, well, I'll accept your challenge there and hopefully... I can I can live up to the challenge that you've provided me. And uh, we do need a fighter. So if you text in to the uh, text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. If you fight in the word, text in the word fight, Matthew may pick you as the person to fight today. And... Uh, and, uh, oh, that, that's from yesterday. I got it. So we need a fighter. And yeah, I see Andrew Marsh is writing oh, here that says, thoughts on tonight's lineup next? <laughs> yeah. That's from yesterday. The uh, eraser has <laughs> disappeared, <laughs> and so I just I couldn't, I couldn't erase the do top part. Do you not part. have fingers? Do you not have hands? I'm not, I'm, not try, I'm not trying to get my hands dirty. Oh. There's toilet paper. It's like oh, one, yes, it's like one ply, but, you know, it's fine. That's what I need. It will rip about 20 times, but it's fine. He has no hands. He's if, just... if he's using it on a board rather than its stated purpose, we're fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the fight is next on 101 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight! In the red corner, average Joe Listener! And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive! Please welcome Randy Carricker! to the opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing? Uh, doing great. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. Are you ready to take on Randy Carricker? Well, we're going to give it a shot. All right, here we go. <laughs> you didn't sound too confident, Ryan. I got a little worried about you now. The excitement level from everybody involved in the fight today is just incredible. <laughs> well, I, I, I say I beat them maybe one out of every 10 days when I'm listening, so there's a chance. Okay, well, today could be that day. Here we go. Who did the Avalanche beat in last year's Stanley Cup final? Was it Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, or Carolina Hurricanes? Tampa Bay. 
who currently leads the 2023 Cardinals in extra base hits with 23? Nolan Gorman, Wilson Contreras, or Paul Goldschmidt? Uh, let's see. Feels like Gorman. Following last night's lottery win by the Spurs. Hold on, let me read that again. Following last night's lottery win, the Spurs will pick first overall for the third time since the lottery started in 1985. Since that date, who was the only NBA team to draft first overall five different times? The Cleveland Cavaliers, the Philadelphia 76ers, or the Orlando Magic? Cleveland. Happy birthday to former Major League Baseball slugger Carlos Pena. As portrayed in the movie Moneyball, which team was he traded to midseason of the 2002 season? Is it the Tigers, the Rays, or the Rangers? Oh, I just watched that movie, too, not too long ago. It's a good movie. Uh, you don't like yes, it, it is. Uh, no, it is a good movie. Oh, no, sorry. That was Rock. Rock made a he noise. Like He's concept. just being a no, oh, okay. I, love, I love Moneyball. It's just the movie's okay. They didn't mention the picture oh, like once. Rock. I want to say Tigers. We'll go with Tigers. All right, we will double check that score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Despite, Rock, despite Rock's um, <laughs> anger towards everything, Ryan, how are you feeling? Uh, would be feeling better if the Lakers won last night. Oh, I'm you're a Laker fan. Huh, I feel yeah. better today. <laughs> yeah, I texted in back and forth with you a couple of times during the Warriors series. So. Oh, okay. okay. Tasting basketball teams right there were tasting movies. He's a- oh, God. <laughs> what? Get him, Rock. Yes. <laughs> Randy, say hello to Ryan. Ryan, good morning. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Happy to finally be a part of this. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for playing. We do appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, Randy, here we go. Okay. Who did the Avalanche beat in last year's Stanley Cup final? They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. Third straight year that the Lightning were in it. Who currently leads the Cardinals in extra base hits with 23? Extra base hits with 23 for the Cardinals. I am. I think uh, Goldie may have like a dozen doubles. So uh, probably doesn't have a triple. So he might be at 18. Uh... Let me just run around here. It's not an outfielder, probably. That's a lot of extra base hits at this time of year for a Cardinal. Um, Hmm. Oh, uh, I'll go with Nolan Gorman. Following last night's lottery win, the Spurs will pick first overall for the third time since the lottery started in 1985. Mm -hmm. Since that date, who was the only NBA team to draft first overall five different times? Number one, five different times. Time. Since 1985? Yep. Okay. Got to put some thought into this. Uh, the Clippers have had multiple number ones. Uh, Michael Oluwakande was one of their number ones. Um, you've had the Magic with Shaq and Howard. And I think they actually took, I don't think they took Weber number one, though. Um, Celtics, Wizards, Lakers. I'll do the lifeline because I don't want to go through every team in the league. Cleveland Cavaliers, Philadelphia 76ers, Orlando Magic. Okay. Cleveland obviously has had LeBron and Kyrie and the guy that wound up going to Minnesota. Um, uh, and Brad Darty. 
Um, and I'm just going to guess that they may have had another. Philly, since 1985. Uh, Philly was probably too good during the Iverson years to have that many. Plus, they traded, well, they they did trade up for Fultz. They had Embiid. They had Simmons. They had AI. And I think I might be leaving somebody else out here. So, you know, I'm going to go with the Sixers. I'm going to go with Philly. Happy birthday to former Major League Baseball slugger Carlos Pena. As portrayed in the movie Moneyball, which is Rocchio's favorite movie, mm-hmm. which team was he traded to mid-season of the 2002 season? It was either the Tigers or the Rays. Pena. It seems like at that time he got hot and started hitting for the Rays. So I will go with him. Uh, I will go with the, the Rays. It's been an interesting streak to start the week. Carrie got four right on Monday. Randy got four right on Tuesday. What happened in Wednesday's edition of the fight? Ring that bell. The winner and new champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Crazy, folks. (laughs) Congratulations, Ryan. You won today's fight 3-1 over Randy Carricker. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, you, you said you only won about one every ten times on the car, and uh, and that's usually low. People talk about winning a lot when they're in the car. Yeah. So congratulations on this win. Let's go through those answers. Who did the Avalanche beat in last year's Stanley Cup final? It was, in fact, the Tampa Bay Lightning going there for their third consecutive year. Who currently leads the 2023 Cardinals in extra base hits with 23? It is, in fact, Paul Goldschmidt. He has 16 doubles and seven home runs. Right now, Nolan Gorman sitting there with eight home runs and 10 doubles with 18 second on the team. One of the classic trivia questions of all time. <laughs> right 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 up there on Jeopardy all the time. Following last night's lottery win, the Spurs will pick first overall for the third time since the lottery started in 1985. Since that date, the only team to draft five first overall picks is, in fact, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Brad Doherty, Andrew Wiggins, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Anthony Bennett are those five. And happy birthday to former MLB slugger Carlos Pena. As portrayed in the movie Moneyball, in July of 2002, he was traded to the Detroit Tigers from the Oakland Athletics. Congratulations, Ryan, on the win today. We will talk to you tomorrow uh, for round two. Awesome. Good job, Ryan. Much better than your Lakers last night. (laughs) Yeah, much better. (laughs) Good job, Ryan. Ryan with us on 101 ESPN. The Cardinals falling last night by a score of 3-2 to the Milwaukee Brewers. They'll wrap up that series tonight at the ballpark and then tomorrow open a four-game series against the Doyers. So that'll be fun. Next up, we're going to visit with the Cardinals TV voice, Chip Carey. He's coming your way on the opening drive here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Here he go. You bet he did. Rosso tried to check the swing. He struck out. And that's out number two. And strike three. Freezes him inside corner. Three strikeouts for Montgomery in the first inning. Jordan Montgomery got off to a good start last night. Actually, he actually had a good start. The Cardinals falling 
3-2 to the Brewers at the ballpark in the second game of a three-game series at Bush Stadium. And tonight, the finale, Matthew Libertor will pitch for the Cardinals. He'll make his season debut against Corbin Burns. And that game starts at 645 at Bush Stadium. And you can see it on Valley Sports. We are scheduled to hear from Chip Carey momentarily, the uh, TV voice of the Cardinals, who is, who's working with Brad Thompson this week. And I think we're all excited about seeing Matthew Libertor get his first start of the year because of the success that he's had down in Memphis. Got off to a great start and really has been able to maintain his excellence through the first two months of the season. Yeah, this is a huge opportunity for him right now to help the Cardinals, too, in their starting rotation when they go through this 18-game stretch that they're about to go on. And then also, too, if he's trying to show, I want to stay here, you don't need to go get another starting pitcher or some more starting pitchers, in, in the future, especially this offseason, because we know what's going to happen, right? You have to think about Jordan Montgomery. Is he going to stay or is he going to go? Jack Flaherty, is he going to stay or is he going to mm-hmm. go? Having somebody else there that you know for sure that you can count on in this starting rotation outside of Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz is huge for the Cardinals right now. And do you really feel like you can count on oh, Steven Matz? Yeah. You say his name because of his contract, I, I'm sure. But he's one of the reasons that I think that you, you bring Libertor up because Steven Matz has been struggling a little yeah. bit. He It was a little bit better in his last outing, but throughout the entire season, it's, it's not been great. So you want to see if... Libertor does have something that you need that you can use going forward, and I think this is a, this is a, this is an important start for him. You know, just in his career, you talked yeah. about it, Randy. He's been in the in the uh, with the franchise for four seasons now, and so now you want to see if he's able to be that fifth starter or, or fourth starter wherever he falls, uh, and can be a guy you can count on every five days. It's important for him. It's important for this franchise at this moment. And also, too, with Jordan Montgomery, going back to that last night, he just had some really bad luck. And also, too, I was thinking about it, it, he hasn't really given up that many homers, especially at Bush Stadium. He's only allowed two home runs against 96 batters face at Bush Stadium because it feels like that's been a problem for a lot of the starting pitchers. Hasn't been so much of an issue for Jordan Montgomery, but he did some good things after that. He was able to get out of that bases loaded jam. The run support was just not there. So luck was not on his side. I mean, they stranded, what was it, 12 men on base last night. They were one for nine with runners in scoring position. That just sucks that you can't get that for Monty because he even said it feels like I haven't won in forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's not, I mean, the run support, obviously not what you would like because obviously the night before you got 18 runs. You only got two last night. But also, when I'm watching him pitch, there were a couple of times where Kisner, even Kisner behind the plate, is hitting his glove on the ground and the ball didn't get to the spot that he wanted. Uh, that strikeout that I think you're talking about, it was another one of those pitches. It got a little bit lower in the zone, but I think Kisner wanted that one almost to the ground as well. It was just low enough for the batter to swing and miss. But when you're looking at Jordan Montgomery, I think you're looking at his location is not exactly where he wants it to be or where it needs to be. And it's not about, obviously, it's not about who's catching. It's about where he's throwing the ball. And last night was another example of that. And by the way, you might be wondering about Gordon Graceffo because he was as highly regarded coming into spring training, not as, as a major leaguer, but in terms of his future, as Matthew Libertor. And Graceffo has been on the IL since late April with shoulder infl- inflammation, and our expectation would be that uh, 
Graceffo, normally shoulder infl- inflammation for a young pitcher. You want to get that as calmed down as possible and try to avoid surgery at all costs. So I would not expect to see Graceffo here at all this year. I think there was a no. chance maybe at the beginning of the season that if he pe- pitched well, we could see him around the All-Star break. But he's got to start from scratch now, essentially, after having the shoulder issues. Same kind of thing that, well, I, I shouldn't say that, but anytime you have a shoulder issue when you're a pitcher, you got to shut her down for a while. Hey, at least... They are making Zach Thompson a starter. Again. <laughs> that was that was what I was gonna. Who is the next arm to come up? <laughs> yeah. If if someone you know we knock on wood, but if someone were to to go down for an extended period of time, who would be the next arm to come up now that Graceffo is dealing with that? Might it be Dakota Hudson? How is he doing? Have Not we, great. Have, we haven't heard much. No. In, in terms of. And he was a guy that you thought when they said they had six starters, he was supposed to be the sixth guy. And he was a guy that was also supposed to, uh, supposed to improve because of the pitch clock and the, the timer. Yeah. Well. No. So yeah. he's he's as they say, kind of scuffling. You, you the 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 most the most interesting thing about sports. I say this all the time. Is just the the amount of things that can get into your head and cause you to not have success. I, you can see some of the greatest athletes, but for whatever reason, when they get in their head or they're unable to, to process something and bad things happen, push it to the side and go on to the next thing, it, it just it just slows them down to a pace where you're like, this guy is not going to ever have success because he can't get out of his own way. And it's one it's 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 hard to watch as a as a coach, as a fan of, of certain players. You see the talent, you see the ability. But when they just can't get out of their own way, mm-hmm. you just really feel bad for them. Well, and somebody texted in Michael McGreevy. He's two and zero, and he's having he's off to a good start down there. But I don't know if the Cardinals want to subject him to the major leagues not at yet. this point. Yeah. Hudson might be the guy. The other possibility, I I can't imagine that they would work that quickly for Zach Thompson after no. all of the time that he has spent. In terms of his innings, in his two starts at Memphis, he's gone one and two-thirds and then, and then three innings, and they don't have the number of pitch stats. So maybe he could build up and over the course of the next two to four weeks become a six-inning guy down there. But I would be very surprised if the Cardinals would bring him back as a starter in 2023. No. I mean, especially, and you kind of feel for him, too, because that's a name that's kind of been lost in all these different moves. We've talked about Jordan Walker and him getting sent down after making the open-A roster. You had the Wilson Contreras change and then not change and then change again. But Zach Thompson, he was a good lefty out of your pin, and it seems like that was the role that they told him that he needed to be in Mm -hmm. to stay in the majors. And then you send him back down the minors. We're going to make you a starter again. Mm -hmm. We need you to be a starter again. So maybe you see him by the end of the season but if they're going to make him a starter, it seems like he's going to stay down in the minors. Yeah, I would think so. Okay, let's take a look now. Let's just kind of spin this forward because the Cardinals trying to take another series tonight. Obviously, with Libertor, as we mentioned, going against Corbin Burns. I kind of look at this as important, and I know it's early. It's still really early in the season. But because you're going against the first place team in your division, and you have a limited number of games now, you only have 14 games against Milwaukee rather than 19, I think you need to take advantage of every opportunity you have against them when you have a series against them. With the way the Cardinals started, I kind of look at this as a big game tonight for the Cardinals. Yeah, well, and honestly, too, I I would never 
you know, wish any athlete to get hurt. But when you I had mean, the the Wade, Randy. okay, <laughs> okay, you are you. Are, I'm gonna tell you about my running back coach in college. <laughs> I give you that story because you you and him are just alike. <laughs> well, and when you had Wade come out early, just after two innings, you're like, okay, great, we're gonna go through their bullpen. It's a bullpen game, and that's not gonna be good for them tomorrow. But then you're like, oh wait, who's on the mound mm-hmm. tomorrow? Ooh, that's why they felt so comfortable throwing out five relievers yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Corbin Burns is that guy. If we're going to put a status with that dude, it might be Corbin Burns. Yeah, I say been, that and he'll get like, you know, freaking hopefully. romp tonight. Hopefully. Yeah. Four and four against the Cardinals, but really good here with a an earned run average of 1.82 in his starts oh, at Bush Stadium. That's not it's not terrible. But he hasn't had to go against the red hot Nolan Arenado. Or and Nolan or Gorman. Gorman. Or Storm Nolan Gorman. Gorman. Or yeah. freaking Lars Newt Bar. Newt. Newt. Okay. Nutty neuters. Nutty neuters. Question yes. for the uh, the group. Does Wilson Contreras start Matthew Libertor's season oh, debut? That's a good question. That's why you're that's why you've been doing this for forty years, yeah. huh? That <laughs> is no. a good question. They were together a lot in spring training. More than yes. Bueno, so, more than uh, Michaelis. So I I wonder how this that's a very good question. I wonder how this everyday catcher is going to catch every day, right? <laughs> because clearly he didn't catch yesterday. That's one of the days, and it's not every day. Um, will he be in the lineup tonight as a catcher? I, You may have a situation where he's like every other day, depending on who's starting. And maybe there are two, one or two pitchers that would prefer to have Kisner as their starter, clearly Montgomery being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Wayno is the other one that wants him to – Wants Kisner to be the starter. We we don't know. We'll find out here in the next couple of days, or maybe we can just ask Adam who's who's yeah. catching for him. Well, and Matthew Libertor actually, I knew that there was some quote about it. Matthew Libertor had a lot of great things to say about Wilson Contreras during spring training, so they did work pretty well together. So I would assume you would have Wilson Contreras behind the plate since they have worked together. I don't know what his relationship is like with Andrew Kisner, but if you say on Monday that Wills Contreras is going to be your everyday catcher, I know mm-hmm. that you have the injuries with Dylan Carlson and also Tyler O'Neill's not up here. There's going to have to be some corresponding move. I assume that they'll send down James Nail? I would think so, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I I don't know. I, I feel like if Matthew had great things to say about Wilson, then you have to have him back behind the plate. Yeah, and by the way, when... O'Neal is ready. Trey Barrera, right? The third mm-hmm. catcher is going to oh, go back. Really? Yeah. I mean, maybe. I forgot he was here. Well, well, there's, a, there's a text from the 636 that says, How hard can it be to be a starting pitcher? I mean, Wilson Contreras learned the art of pitching in a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you have to have the ability, too. That's the other thing. Mentally, it's not. The, Randy, I can. The, the spirit based, is on, based on what we've learned here, I can go be a starting pitcher. Now, my shoulder may not hold yep. up, but. If I can get one week in-depth training into the art of pitching, I'm an athlete still, mm-hmm. right? I think I can. I might be able to do it. Well, that's, that's another great question for Adam because every pitcher that's at the major league level has tremendous pitching ability physically. Mm-hmm. The thing that separates the Adam Wainwrights of the world and the Scherzers who have great ability in Berlin, but they're mentally just so tough and so proficient that's what makes them great is the ability to focus in every single time they throw a pitch and it's i always compare it to golf because i can't focus on every single golf shot and i think that's what makes great pitchers great golfers is their ability to focus every single one of them yeah yeah it's amazing uh that is uh 
Chip Carey, I'm on 1 ESPN. Chip, <laughs> Chip, you, Chip, you disappoint me, brother. Oh what? We love Chip. Yeah, we do. He's going to. We do. Yeah, now we're going to guilt him a little bit. <laughs> how, how long do we drag this out to guilt? I feel like we should, we should really lean Until he calls in? Yeah, well. You're going to lean, on, lean, he, lean he in has, on it? He has multiple texts in his text machine. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get him. Chip, bring us a really nice yeah. suit jacket or we're going to stay mad. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah, Chip, Chip is a good name, by the way. Yeah, Chip. I like, I like that name. I do. I do like it, I like too. Chipper. Chip, oh, Chipper. Chipper Jones. Chipper quick Jones. question for okay. the text line. Have you ever met or are you a male Brooke? Oh, yes. yes because we, Matthew Rocchio is, is, is convinced that there are multiple male Brooks in the world, and I've never met one. This I is a big a question. Brooke. Yeah. This is a, a big question, and it's going to be answered next okay. on 101 ESPN. <laughs> yes. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Nine oh one in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio. Cardinals fall last night three two to the Milwaukee Brewers. They'll play the Brewers again tonight six forty five. Matthew Libertor making his twenty twenty three debut. He'll be opposed by the right hander, former Cy Young Award winner for the Brew Crew, Corbin Burns. What are you guys laughing at? We're we're figuring out a name of a new segment. It's called Hills That Rock Will Die On. Okay. Because Rock has... Plenty of those out there. <laughs> oh, buddy. If, it's hilly. If we it's can very get hilly. Some, it's, it's very hilly. <laughs> because he is willing to die on just about any hill. Like, he's, a, he's a man that is, um, you know, he, he, he has his beliefs. And he doesn't really care or worry about anyone else's thoughts no, in the matter. Because he will stick to it. I mean, oh, like he will stick to it. is unlike anyone else I've no. ever seen. And if anything, it's endearing. I resemble that remark. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Okay, we, we need to spend two minutes on the name Brooke. And we'll start with this. Brooke Grimsley just informed us why she is named Brooke. Can yes. you provide this information? Uh, well, I'm a 90s baby, so my mom was obsessed with Brooke Shields, which mm. it seems like watching that recent Pretty Baby documentary, mm-hmm. everybody was obsessed with Brooke Shields, yeah. and maybe not in the best way, but <laughs> she had good intentions behind it, and I think that that's pretty cool. Okay, so the question became, have you ever met a male named Brooke? Not Brooks, but Brooke. And we did find at least a couple. We yes. have an NBA player. Brooke Lopez. He's forgot about him. Yep. And Robin's there was brother. a former MLB third baseman named Brooke Fordyce, F-O-R-D-Y-C-E, okay. and it was B-R-O-O-K. But those are the only ones that we... Brooke, Brooke Dubman, which is the oh, name yep. that Rock, yeah, the Louis, one name that he, World, the hill that he was dying on in terms of his, there are many men named Brooke, that was the hill he was willing to... <laughs> I was just yes. saying there are guys named Brooke. 
Mm. 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 Danny and Jesse, and I was yes. like, "You take those four names, you throw them out here, and I tell you, there's two boys and two girls. You pick which names are which. I bet you most people would get it wrong. That's all. I was just having a little fun with that. And they were like, "Who's going to get Brooke oh, wrong?" No, and just a minute ago though, during the break, you were like, "Your name is androgynous, Brooke. Yes. Just deal with it. Like basically, just like just deal with it." <laughs> yeah, and that's what we're talking about. The hills that you You have an androgynous a, name. A male carry also have have. Same have Many times have had people confused when they call, hey, may I speak to Carrie? This is he. Oh, huh? Mm -hmm. Wait, what? So that happens. You know, I'm sure Jamie Rivers has has had to deal with that as well. But that that Brooke is not necessarily a name that I, not Brooks, not with the S. And I've met males like with that name. I have, yes. I, and Brooks, I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable. I've heard that. <laughs> but Brooke in a male name, I just have not met, met a male Brooke. I haven't either. I have met. I haven't. I've met a female Brookie. Like she went by Brookie, and it had a Y at the end. So that was very unique. <laughs> that is very unique. Yeah. How many times, Carrie? Question for you. How uh -huh. many times when you told people your name, they're like, "Oh, did your parents think you were a girl?" Uh, yes, I'm at sure. the beginning, or I thought you were going to so be a girl. Here's the thing: when I was a kid, when you said the the number yesterday, forty four, mm -hmm. I, I I said I know that number because that was a number of a player, my favorite player, Eric Davis. I used oh. to tell people my name was Eric. Because <laughs> I hated the name Carrie. Because people, Casey, really? no. Corey, no. Terry, no. Carrie. Hmm. It was hard for people to understand that a man, a male, a young boy mm -hmm. could be named Carrie. So you went with Eric. I went with Eric. I literally was telling people my name is Eric. That's my mom, funny. and they were calling me Eric. And my mom, his damn name ain't no damn Eric. His name is Carrie. They're like, what is going on here? Here's the mama story. Carrie. Here's a story I love. I don't know if you guys will love it as much as I do. But former Major League left-hander Madison Bumgarner, I don't think he's been picked up right now, so he's, at the moment, former. Mm -hmm. From North Carolina, in high school, dated a woman named a girl. Madison Bumgarner. What? <laughs> yep. Madison Bumgarner dated Madison oh, that's, Bumgarner. That's interesting. They're not no. related. Yeah, he would kiss her. No, not. He insisted. He that said they he were. would kiss her. <laughs> kiss her goodnight. Yep. Go on dates with her. Sit at movies with her. I mean, I hope they're dating. They kiss, right? Yeah. yeah. Little mm -hmm. smoochies. Yeah. <laughs> So this, is North, this is Arkansas. This is North Carolina. So, oh, how many partners hey. do you do you know? Apparently, it's a big name in North Carolina. Really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So he he dated a man. Uh, so I think that's fun. I think that's just a good little tidbit to know. I've never dated a Carrie. It's never hit me how crazy that Madison Bumgarner's first name was Madison. I don't no. think it's that because I think that's the only guy I've ever seen named that. Oh, so oh, no! That's it. Yeah, oh. Here we go. Here we. This guy uh, here. Heels that rock will die on. Yeah, there's another one. Uh, by the way, last <laughs> night the Nuggets beat the Lakers one thirty-two to one twenty-six. So Stan Kroenke wins again for, oh, for game well, one. Well, I mean, it was the Lakers though. Yeah, it was the you got to you got to okay. figure out where you're going with this. Uh, ja Morant, after Adam Silver says that he was absolutely stunned to see another video with Ja Morant holding a handgun, uh, Ja Morant released a uh, press release that said that, uh, quote, I know I've disappointed a lot of people who have supported me. This is a journey, and I recognize there's more work to do. Dude. There shouldn't be much of a journey to not hold guns in videos. It should not be difficult. This is not overcoming some huge addiction. It, you aren't addicted to holding guns in videos. Well, I will say that he might be addicted to social media, though. 
I think that there are people, and mm. we've seen it, especially you know younger younger folks. They are the need for likes, the need for that attention. Here's a man that is in the NBA, one of the best mm-hmm. players in the NBA, an All Star, a guy that is making what thirty, forty million dollars a year, mm-hmm. and the still the need to be seen is it is a need. It is a it is an addiction. So. I don't think you have to hold a gun. I don't think you should. And again, I said it yesterday. I know most people. Well, what's wrong with having a gun? It's not. It's not his Second Amendment right that we are targeting no. here. We are targeting. We're targeting him. One hundred ninety-four million dollars. There you go. You you are could could have been won't be now, but could have been the face of the NBA yeah. had you decided to do things the right way. You, it won't happen now. And here's a thing: his own union, the NBAPA has agreed with the NBA, and it's in the CBA that if, and this is the Gilbert Arenas rule, if you are possessing a firearm with an NBA team, whether it's Mm -hmm. on the property or on the plane, any team-related activity, and you are holding or possessing a firearm, you're subject to a 50-game suspension. And that's what he's looking at for next year, an 82-game schedule and a 50-game suspension because he had to hold the gun on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think it may be more. I mean, I, I, wouldn't think, be surprised. They, I think they will set a precedent with well, him. And the, the after- Gilbert Arenas brought the gun into the locker room. That was, you know, that was yeah. tragic. But, I mean, if you had a conversation, and I'm sure that they had the conversation with him, hey, we're not going to do this. Or we don't need to do that. And you're still kind of doing whatever you want to do and don't think that it's going to be a problem. Just tell your friends to put their phones away. You put your phone away. Yeah. And remove the guns while you're in the car. Well, and it, we talked about it too. It looked like his friend didn't even want that to happen. He, like he, they were on, yeah. they were just, you know, he had the video going, and then all of a sudden, like when he noticed, he was like, "Oh, whoa!" whoa. What the hell and are you doing? It just here's the thing is, I feel like everybody knows too. Once you get in trouble once for something. You are going to be under the microscope even more. You know, people are going to want you to fail. Don't give them that reason to root for you to fail. Exactly. He has a lot of people exactly. who want him to succeed, really. Yep. And we've got one football note for you. We read yesterday in the piece in The Ringer that Devontae Adams was so proud of the fact that he made All-Pro without Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. He said, now I can, I don't have to make All-Pro ever again. Now that I can prove that I can do it without Aaron Rodgers, I'm fine. He also said in the article, this is Devontae Adams, that his vision of contending for Super Bowls with the Raiders is out of alignment with what appears to be a retooling of the franchise. He said, quote, the front office think this is the best bet for us right now to put us in a position to be urgent. We don't see eye to eye on what we think is best for us right now. So if there is an issue that Devontae Adams has with the Raiders, and especially because they want to be Patriots West, do they find a way to get Devontae Adams out of there? I think that was his way of saying, trying to let them know, you guys are not going about this in the right way, and I don't want to be here. Without him flat out saying, I don't want to be here. You know, I, I you trade away, so he gets traded from, from uh, he, he goes to goes from Green Bay to, to the Raiders, Wanting to play with his his college roommate, his college mm-hmm. teammate, in, in Derek Carr, and then you trade him away. You get rid of him. He moves on. He he becomes a free agent and moves on. You cut him, and now you're sitting there and saying, "Well, hell, I left Aaron Rodgers to go play with my buddy. Now you get my buddy out of here." This is not the conversation that we had when you all signed me to this contract. This is not the expectation 
that I had when we when you signed me to this contract. And they they are in a tough division in the AFC West. I don't know how you ever get out of there without an elite quarterback, and I don't think Jimmy G is an elite quarterback. I agree with that. So what would be a good spot? Because Adams obviously has a big cap number. Could the Giants use a Devontae I mean, Adams? The could the could Commanders? Definitely use him. Commanders could probably use a quarterback first. By the way, the best quarterback in that town is Jordan Te'amu, and he's not on the commander. <laughs> uh, Maybe. Do you think that you think that some teams might pick him up? Jordan, I think they have to. Yeah, uh, the uh, Ben Denucci got signed. If if and Te'amu was the MVP of the league. If Denucci gets signed by somebody, I think Te'amu has to. I think one of the problems you have though is that teams probably like the Bears, for example, where he would fit their system with what they're trying to do with Fields, but. If you're the Bears, what happens if Jordan Te'amu comes in and he's better than Justin Fields? I don't think that's the case. I don't think he Justin Fields. I think is going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I hope year. so. But I, it he sure finally looks like... got a, a guy, DJ Moore, Randy, mm-hmm. in his career. He's played five years in the NFL. If he had played those five years and had those same numbers on the Bears roster, he would be the leading receiver in Bears history right now. Wow. That's how bad Walter Payton is third in Bears history in receiving. <laughs> That's how bad the Bears receiving core has been the entirety of of the the franchise. So mm-hmm. he's finally got a guy that can come in and catch the, catch the football. If Chase Claypool can figure out his life and and show the talent that he has, we already know Justin Fields can run the ball in the manner he can. So I think they're going to be a really good team. Let me give you one other team for Te'amu. Kyler Murray isn't going to play for the first 10 weeks of the season. You've got Colt McCoy, Clayton Toon, and David Blah. Blow, whatever, Blow. B-L-O-U-G-H. Yep. If you're the Arizona Cardinals, wouldn't you want to have some competition and bring a guy like Te'amu in against those guys? I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah, why not? I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him in Atlanta either. I'm not a no. huge Desmond Ritter I'm not either. guy. So. Yeah, so. With... with um, um, Devontae Adams, though, yeah, you were talking about where where would be a good, good place for him. There are a lot of teams. Indianapolis could use a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talked about the Giants could use a receiver. I wonder if they trade him in the AFC, though. Uh, I guess you just got to take the best deal. Yeah, if you, you're you would. Carolina Panthers wouldn't be a bad place with no. a young receiver. I mean, with a young quarterback. Yeah, there's a, there's a few teams that could use a guy like him. So there you have it. That's your Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got rock and roll with Adam Wainwright at the bottom of the hour here on 101 ESPN. But uh, Matthew's Hills to Die On next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Time for rock and roll, but 101 ESPN is your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to tomorrow night's Budweiser Bash. Cards and Dodgers, four tickets, and this week's Bud Bash game features a limited edition Mike Matheny bobblehead. Text in to 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO, right now for your chance to score that four-pack of tickets to the Budweiser Bash, and you can get all the details on this season's series of Budweiser Bash Cardinals games now at cardinals.com slash promotions. Here's today's question, and and if you are caller number tw- or texter number 22, you will get the Budweiser Bash tickets. By the way, sorry I tricked you yesterday when I asked what Mike Matheny's number was when mm-hmm. he gave up his number 22 to uh, really Will sorry? Clark. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> um, he was actually number 44. But I, I said caller number or texture number 48. So a lot of people texted him 48. He was number 44 in 2000 when uh, Will Clark came. The question here is in Mike Matheny's five years with the Cardinals, 2001, two, three, four. In Mike Matheny's five years with the Cardinals, how many years did he win the gold glove? If you can answer that question correctly and be texture number 22, you will be on your way to the Cards Dodgers game tomorrow for the Budweiser bash. All right, time for. Rock and roll. You know, Brooke uh, brought brought this up to me in, in the break, and I wanted to talk about this because it's kind of insane the way that arenas and stadiums are still being treated in this country. When you look at what's going on in some of the football teams, you know, people are wondering, uh, you know, Buffalo just got, got their one, Tennessee got their new one, but people are still wondering if all these new ones, I, I know Carolina right now is going through a big issue with funding for their new stadium. They want the taxpayers to pay for it all. Well, one group of taxpayers we know isn't a big fan of paying for stadiums. They, well, they did it again. Um, Tempe and, and the Arizona Coyotes fan base have roundly, reportedly roundly said no to three different proposals to build a new stadium for the Arizona Coyotes. The main proposal, $2.1 million, 46 acres, and included a proposal for a 16,000-seat arena, hotels, shops, restaurants, and as many as 2,000 apartments. Again, the the reporting, quote-unquote, resoundly rejected by voters on Tuesday night in Arizona. The Coyotes probably on the move, not surprising, but really unfortunate for a fan base that at times tried to get behind a franchise that could never get their feet under them. Yeah, it's been a really bad franchise now for a long time. I think the last time they made they won a playoff series was 2012, and they haven't made the playoffs very often, and they got kicked out of their arena in Glendale, which was not a good spot for them because the, the the fan base essentially lives in Scottsdale, Arizona, and it just takes too long to drive to a 7 o'clock game and then drive home mm-hmm. if you have to work the next day. So Tempe was a perfect spot for them, but people didn't, for that franchise, didn't want to pay for a an arena. And if this were for the Suns, it would pass with flying colors, but it's for the Coyotes. Stan paid for his own stadium in L.A., he correct? Did. So do you think that there's going to come a point where cities start saying no the hell with that don't tax us you can afford to pay for it you pay for it now you run the risk of the team possibly leaving but there are some franchises that are not ever going to leave certain cities i thought that would be the case i thought that there would be smart legislators around sports uh, that in cities that would say okay well Specific, specific to the NFL. Okay, you turned down nearly $500 million in public money from St. Louis so that you could move and have a 100% privately financed right. stadium in L.A. So what you're telling me, NFL, is we're good. Yeah. We, do, we don't you need your public it. money anymore. Yeah. But then a couple of years after that, the state of New York takes money out of education, a billion dollars out of education, so that they can build a new stadium for... The Buffalo Bills, the the Raiders get seven hundred and fifty million dollars in public money, which, by the way, because of the gambling revenues generated by the state of Nevada, it's that that's uh, not a big deal for them. We talked last week or a couple of weeks ago when the Titans got their new stadium about mm-hmm. the amount of tax revenue that's being generated now by Nashville and Tennessee. It's different for different places. I just didn't. I, I thought that. Governments would want to spend their money on more useful things than that. Especially if you have billionaires who can afford it. Mm-hmm. Like if you can afford to own a team, then I mean, pay for your own damn stadium. I, I think 
Yeah, there, but again, there are some franchises, some organizations where you can say that. I think the St. Louis Cardinals would be one of them. If they wanted to build a new stadium, I think St. Louis would say, yeah, no. They, <laughs> they didn't get public money. Yeah, there you go. They, they had to build the Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals had to build their so, own stadium. There are, but then you you run the risk if you are the Oakland Raiders or Las become the Las Vegas. You have a team, a, a city in Las Vegas that say, "Hey, they're not going to pay for it. We'll pay for it." So you run into that risk. But I I think it should be if you are a billionaire and able to own a franchise, you shouldn't be leaning on people who have much less money than you Agreed. to help afford you to pay yeah. for your uh, your building. There is a big pay difference, though, too, with the NHL and NFL and all that stuff, too. So I understand that aspect of it as well. It just seems like it was a plan that was never really supposed to work out, too. And as you mentioned, too, with the fans being so far away, if you're going through like a seven-year playoff drought, are you going to think that that's worth the drive? No. No, or the money. I think the bigger thing is the money. Yeah, yeah. But over the last few years, yeah, the drive because they really haven't had star players that are that you get connected to, and you haven't gone to say, oh, the Coyotes are going to win. When I've gone to games down there, there have been as many Blues or Canadians or whatever fans in the building as there have fans of the Coyotes. Am I am I just missing the obvious uh, relocation spot? Because I'm 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 thinking about it right now. You just you just covered. Vegas and Seattle. Is it going back across the border? Is the money? Is that going to? Quebec wants a team, so you just re- resurrect would, the Nordiques. I would love that if the Nordiques came back. I would love it, but that yeah. was a team that was losing a gobs of money when they were when they were there. You got to. I don't know. I hate when they when teams move and you change names, but you got to keep the records. And I, how can you keep up with all? Yeah, that? but there are many Coyotes in Quebec. You sure? I don't know. I'm just guessing. <laughs> just guessing. The, 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 the Nordique was a wolf. So like, well, I mean, it's not that, it's not that far. I mean, it's pretty close. Yeah, but it, I, I feel bad for the Coyote fans that are down there in the valley. But yeah, people people are are. That's a, a Suns and Cardinals town. Ruthless. Yeah, they are. That is rock and roll here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Adam Wainwright. It's Wednesday, and it's time for Wednesdays with Wayno here on 101 ESPN. Back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Wednesdays with Wayno on the Opening Drive. We're talking life, baseball, and what's happening at Big League Impact with Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright. Wednesdays with Wayno is presented by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi electric diamond contractor. Join us in just a moment here on 101 ESPN. So I got to tell you guys, there are times where people try to call my telephone and it does not ring. And so I uh, provided Matthew with Chip Carey's number and Chip didn't answer and his, his phone didn't ring. So this is just a phone thing, I guess. But we're going to have Chip tomorrow at 8.45. Yeah, that'll, sometimes that'll happen when we get a fighter and they say they, take, they text in their number and I try to call them and it goes straight to their voicemail because now with our phones, all the spam messages people get, mm-hmm. if you don't have the number saved, it can kick it off. People have those settings. Do you ever, by the way, get calls that say scam likely on your phone? Yes. <laughs> and then I answer the phones and say, hey, scam, what up? <laughs> it's... I. <laughs> The scamming, the scamming stuff is really freaking me out. I was showing Carrie one earlier, this text I got where it was like a past due balance for a total access urgent care. And I'm like, 
if I hadn't known better, then I would be like, oh, wait, what is this? And you just feel bad for like older people too getting the duped by that, that stuff. Have you heard of the AI horror stories? Like where I guess like the voice recordings, like they can mimic your voice and then they'll call like a family member and make it seem like you're in trouble. Wow. That stuff yeah. scares that is me. Really, and the money that they get from old people is yes. just astonishing. Yes. Yeah. It's I, really bad. Some days, Randy, I have free time. And so when I get those calls, we, we, we call each other back and forth. Have a little fun. That is a lot of fun. It, it, it is. It's when fun for me. Time. Now, time. tell me this. When you guys get a call and you say hello and there's a pause, do you let it wait? Like if, if somebody, if I say hello and then five seconds later somebody says hello, I wait another five seconds and they, then I say hello and it never works. <laughs> now, there was another time, we'll wait till Adam's going to call, where somebody called me and asked for Mr. Carcracker. And I said, um, I said, Car Cracker. Do you know Mr. Car Cracker? Well, we're calling, and I don't even, we're, we're calling about whatever it was. And I said, What association did you have with Mr. Car Cracker? And they said, Well, uh, I'm calling to offer him a free cruise. And, I, and, then, and then I go, Wait, don't move the body yet. Okay, how did you know Mr. Car Cracker? So you let him think that they're calling to a murder scene where Mr. Car Cracker was injured. And I had him going for like 20 minutes. It was awesome. My family was furious at me, but it was so funny. Because they were like, just please stop. Just please stop. But sometimes I feel like they deserve it when you're scamming good people. Mm -hmm. Then I feel like you deserve to maybe have some of that thrown back in your face a little bit. I had a scam a couple of weeks ago where they were... I called back and I said, hey, man, please stop calling my phone. Just just don't keep doing it. This is a reputable law office. I said, well, then you should know it's illegal to continue to do this. You're going to go to jail if you keep doing these types of things. Someone's going to catch you. Don't keep calling my phone. And then sometimes the people, these scams are getting out of hand because sometimes I guess they think they have the actual scam number up and their actual phone number will mm-hmm. call. And so I just call them back directly and say, hey, what's going on? But sometimes they can ghost a number, right? So they make a number that is fake, yeah. but they're calling you from a different number. It's pretty yeah, impressive. I know. I it's, hate when my credit card company calls me, too, with scams mm-hmm. and, like, wanting money from me. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Who's, come on now. Matthew, what do They you have mean? that special thing now where they, they, they call from a base number and it kicks out a number that is from an area code yes. near where they're calling you. So you think it's not some random caller from from Los Angeles. You think it's, oh, I see 314. Oh, I see a 573. I see, you know, what have you, 636. I'm going to answer that because it's probably something that's reasonable and it's some, you know, telemarketer from God knows where. Hmm. Uh, bulletin apparently official from New York. Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle, involved in a near-catastrophic car chase involving paparazzi in New York last night, this spokesperson says. Especially with the way his mother mm -hmm. perished. Oh, that's scary. sad and scary is that? There should be a, you know, paparazzi, you gotta gotta slow down, man. Like, you're, I understand you want to get the picture, I understand that's your livelihood, but to the point where you're chasing people, clearly they don't want to be on camera. You gotta chase somebody down mm-hmm. and and take pictures of them. You said that's how Princess died passed and and paparazzi flashing cameras and all of those things. It was allegedly, I guess. Yeah, but allegedly. It, oh, yeah. are you a conspiracy theorist on uh, Princess no, Diana's I mean, death? It's only one on the show. There's only one, and and oh, that would be right. Matthew Rocchio. We can't have two. Oh, I mean, something he... something fishy went on there. Oh, yeah, let's, I let's knew all be it. honest, okay? <laughs> See what I'm saying? I just need to get him stirred up, get him going, get it brewing.
You don't get me started. That was like the first one I had when I was a little kid, right in my wheelhouse. Oh don't my get me started God. on this one. That was your first one as a kid? The Princess <laughs> Diana conspiracy Yeah, because it, it happened when I was like seven, eight years old. That's so it was like the first one I'm hearing. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. That's when I the just, conspiracy started. I just remember adults being really sad and being like, I don't know who this person is, but this is, this is sad because everybody else is sad. <sighs> felt like the world stopped when she passed away. It was unbelievable. That, that was so huge. And I think that's yeah. one of the reasons that like now when there's a, like, Charles was, what they call the it? Coronation. The coronation last yeah. week. I think TV made it a bigger thing than it really was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't getting up to watch it. Oh, here's uh, Adam. I Here we go. Either. He's uh, he's checking in at the moment. There's our guy. We'll ask him about what he thinks about Princess Diana. Yeah. Oh, the conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, the Cardinal right-hander, number 50, Uncle Charlie, the founder of Big League Impact. And one of the great guys that we know, Adam Wainwright, joins us now on the Celebrity Line with Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Good morning, Wayno. How you doing? Morning, guys. How are y'all? Doing well. And uh, sorry, we, sorry we got you up. We got to change the time of the show, don't we? Yeah, I mean, I think if it was a mid-morning, you know, like 10, 30, 11 o'clock show, <laughs> I think everyone would appreciate that. <laughs> I, I think so. Hey, I, I want to start with this, uh, because since you returned to the clubhouse, the, the team has gone out of roll. What have you observed? Why do you think this has happened? Well, clearly it's all because of me, and, uh, <laughs> I, you know, no, I, I don't think so. Um, I, you look, I think, you know, when you're a good team and you go through a funk, it's only a matter of time, and that's that's what it was, you know. I mean, we were in a major funk, a big-time funk, that, that uh, you know, sometimes when that ball gets rolling downhill, um, it's hard to stop it quickly, you know. It's just it is, and uh Every month we've talked about this. Every month or every every season, there's a month kind of similar to that where you're just like, "What the heck is going on, man? Why are we finding ways to lose these games?" And um, you know, the tide turned and we started finding ways to win games. And and it was just a matter of time, Randy. When you're a good team, uh, you play good baseball. Eventually, you know, you might go through a little stretch where you don't. But um, I think you've seen our pitchers pitch a lot better. You've seen our Hitters come up with those clutch hits and play better defense and and uh, just play better team baseball and that's a big part of cardinal the cardinal way man we, that's what you know that's what we do we find ways to win games and and uh, now we're back doing that again. Adam, speaking of things clicking, Monday felt like it was a huge game for Jack Flaherty, Wilson Contreras, and the club too. And Jack was dominant with Wilson behind the plate. Flaherty with his first double-digit strikeout game since September 20th, 2020. The first time he's gone seven innings or more since May 7th, 2021. What did you see and notice about his ace-like performance? Yeah, he looked like Jack. You know, he, he had the... In the first inning, he, he kind of went out there and, and uh, I think he walked two guys and he had ducks on the pond and, and uh, looked kind of what he's, you know, he's had a few games like that where you're like, well, I wonder where, you know, Jack's command has gone to. Um, but his, his, his competitive nature will not allow him to be mediocre. It just won't, you know, and, and uh, given the amount of the, enough times to go out there and pitch, he's going to be a star and, and he showed the other day that he still is the Jack Flaherty that he was in 21 and 19 when we saw those flashes of un, like just brilliance, unbelievable, like one of the best in the game. So the other day, he pitched the best. In, in, and he's had 
results like that. Maybe in you know, I think he had a couple of games like that in twenty one early on, especially when he was like nine and two at the break when he when he hurt his uh when he hurt his oblique. But he's he's had some flashes of that, but that was the, the best total game I've seen of him since that twenty one beginning of the season and since nineteen. I mean, he looked he looked like himself out there at, at its finest. And when he's pitching like that, uh we can be very, very good. Adam, earlier we were talking about the mental aspect of sports. So I want to ask you about mentally a time where you were just so dialed in, you felt like nothing could could go wrong, or conversely, a time where you just felt like nothing could go right. And you know you're a professional athlete. You've done it hundreds of times. But in your mind, you just couldn't figure it out or, or you couldn't get it going the way you needed it to. Yeah, I think there's been several times, you know, you pitch as long as I do, Um there's been a couple of games at Cincinnati at Great American Ballpark, which I might change that name. Um, <laughs> um, there's been a couple of times where, you know, you're out there, you're making quality pitches, but, you know, just it's for whatever reason, hits just keep dropping in. And, like, one time I give up six infield hits there, and I'm like, like, seriously, what are the odds? Of, like, what are the odds of that? You know, like, just a disaster. But then, you know, there's been times where, um, you go on these stretches, and uh, and and you know what's going to happen before it happens. You know, I've, I can remember vividly um, pitching games where I'm like, all right, I'm gonna throw this ball inside. He's gonna pull it foul, and then uh, that'll open up down the way. And and the best he's gonna do is hit a topper back to me. You know, slightly to the right of me right now. And then you throw a ball inside. He pulls it foul, and then you throw a little curveball down the way, and he taps the one back to just to your right. And you're like. After it happens, you go, man, that was pretty cool. Actually, that. <laughs> I called that. I called that completely. But there's been, you know, there's we pitch as long as I do, and there's been times where we we're good about. But so here's the thing, though. When I was in the minor leagues, I had this thought. When I got on a good stretch like that, I'd think, you know what, I'm hot right now. I got to make sure I pitch well. While I'm, I'm hot, you know, and and I at somewhere along the line, right right at the beginning of my big league career, I decided, you know what, that's just not a very good way of thinking. I'm not hot, I'm just good. You know, when you when you say you're hot, you're admitting that you're going to cool off and you're not going to be so great anymore at some point. Mm-hmm. When you just say, you know what, this is who I am, man. I'm a good pitcher. I can go out here and be a, a, a great pitcher. And this is not out of the norm for me. When you make that that greatness the norm, then you have a greater chance of being great more often. Adam, can, we had the issue, obviously, with Wilson Contreras. They were talking about DH catching. Uh, but he seemed to just continue to go about his day-to-day work. No, no complaints from him. We didn't hear anything from him. Can you talk about his professionalism and what you've learned from him over this period of the last couple of weeks? Yeah, we love Wilson. I, and listen, I know, the, I, know, I know the news market, right? Like, you, you, got, you guys have got to do your job. There's, it was a story. Um, it was interesting when, when you know, we have great, great incredible, like, internal talks and, and see the work going on. And then, you know, we're sitting in the batting cage the other day. Wilson's catching a bullpen, really working. And uh, we're in Chicago, and and, um, and I think it was Tony Kornheiser or somebody was, was talking about it. You know, it was all on all the all the stations, but the you know, ESPN was on in there. And we were listening to them like, yeah, they're a disaster. They're, they're you know, that this is, they're, they're, they've gone crazy and this and that. And we're like, we're just kind of snuck chuckling to ourselves. Like, you know, just it's not possible for everyone to know what's actually going on inside the clubhouse unless you're in there. So sometimes you have to, to, to quiet that, 
news source that's coming in that doesn't have all the information that's given opinions because that's their job and that's what they're supposed to do. But uh, as far as from Wilson's perspective, um, he's been nothing but a great teammate. We love we love Wilson. He's he's continued to hit and gosh, he hits the ball hard. He hits the ball so hard, man. He's hitting the ball one ten routinely. Um, so he's done a great job. We and he looked great the other night with Jack too. Hey Adam, how much are you looking forward to the trip to London? Well, for several reasons, I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm I'm uh, I've never been across the pond, so I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm looking forward to, to getting over there to the to the mother country a little bit. That's where all my ancestry is from. Like on my 23andMe, it's like 88 um, percent British Irish. So all my my kinfolk are over there, man. You know, like that's where where my kinfolk are from. So um, uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping I get a couple of people come up and go, "Hey, why not? We're, we're cousins or something." You know, like I don't know how that's gonna work, but. But uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting over there, and and I want to go check Wimbledon out and some other you know great places over there. I got to check out all the all the big sites, obviously. But um, I, I love in- English people; seem just so sweet to me. Everybody I've ever met from there is just great people, and I know they're excited about us coming over there and seeing a great rivalry with us and the Cubs. And and uh, as a team, we're looking forward to going over. It'll be you know that's tough travel though, Randy. That's that ain't easy. You know that's uh, some of these. Um, um, football players of the Jaguars go over there every year and play, and and I think they've got two games there this next year. But uh, it, it's something that that I like. You know what? And if I start over there, I got to be the only pitcher that's pitched in four countries as a big league pitcher for Major League Baseball. Oh, no doubt. So what what do we have so far? You did you do Mexico? I did Mexico, U.S., and Canada so far. And, right. And, uh, you know, there's just not many sanctioned games played in other countries. So um, I think, I think was it Xander Bogarts hit a home run over there or something, and he became the first one to hit a home run in four countries maybe or something like mm. that? Yeah. So, okay, you, you mentioned Wimbledon. What about, And you probably won't have time, but do you have any interest at all in, like, playing St. Andrews, so the golf courses that you see on TV in the British Open? Do you have any interest at all in those? Because I, I, I don't like the I, – I would lose, like, five dozen balls. Are you kidding me? Do I want to play <laughs> the oldest, most legendary golf course ever? Yeah, I want to play. Are you kidding me? What a question. <laughs> well, Wayno, I wanted to ask you real quick. It looks like you guys have a new celebration that's been debuted with the elbows, right? I, I feel like I've noticed that. And also, what's going on with the hamburger phone? I'm sorry, your first question. What was your first question? Bro? The elbow celebration. It looks like I, it looks like guys when they get on base, they kind of like hit their elbows. Is that elbow grease, or is there some kind of reasoning behind the celebration? Yeah. You'd have to ask uh, Goldie and some of the position players exclusively where that came from. But as I as I as I think I heard it uh, when when Goldie was in the minor. Uh, no, Goldie was just getting to the big leagues. Kirk Gibson was was their skipper and and Gibson was telling him, you know, how when you when you truck catchers, you know, this is how you do it. You know, you lead with your forearm, your elbow and you just elbow them right in the throat or something like that. And so well done. Um, yes. I think it's something having to do with that. You know, it's just a team mindset of really like, come on guys, let's let's, you know, take it to them basically. The hamburger phone though. Hey, no, take him in there. He's got a haircut. Um, sorry, you know, you you never stop being a dad. Um, uh, the hamburger phone was miles Michaels's idea. And, uh, you know, we're, we're always, 
we always on the call, right? Somebody's always on the call calling someone like, you know, Goldie comes up, I'm on the call. You know what? I'm calling it. You're calling a home run. You're calling a home run. And so, you know, we look up there and we see the Big Mac sign and we're like, yeah, we should get, and Miles says, we should get a hamburger phone to, to represent our calls, but also in honor of, Big Mac land, you know, this is, this is a part of Bush stadium. And, and, uh, so we need a, we need an actual phone to make these calls to make it more official. And then let's make it a hamburger. And I'm like, dude, do they even sell hamburger phones? <laughs> of course. And sure enough, uh, Alec Burleson brought in the hamburger phone the next day and it was hilarious. <laughs> Wayno, I got to get now you. when you make a call, you got to get the phone. You got to get the hamburger phone out. <laughs> you got to you got to pick it up and you got to dial the guy's number. And then, you know, there you go. So last night I called Nolan's home run. <laughs> but, but I but I, the, in the first of its kind, I called. I said, look, don't give me high fives after the first home run, because Nolan's going to lead off hit a home run. Then Paul DeYoung's going to come behind him and hit it back-to-back home runs to start the inning. You watch. You watch. And Nolan, I've got the phone open. Nolan goes deep. And I go, and everybody's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, don't high-five me. Don't high-five me. The pitcher didn't throw him anything close, and they walked Paul DeYoung. So then I took my (laughs) high-fives. Wayne, I got to give you one tip, one pro tip. You don't want to leave with the elbow. It's more of a shoulder. Just so, you know, when you're running a guy over at at home plate or or a guy in general – same leg, same shoulder. You put that under their chin, and they uh, they they just don't want to continue. <laughs> just just. Well, that's that very along. true. If you got shoulder pads on. <laughs> hey, if, listen. You don't need shoulder yeah. pads on for that. Adam, I, I need you to do this for the guys in the clubhouse. The Cardinal Hall of Famer Ray Langford. Just do a YouTube search for Ray Langford, Darren Dalton, and it might have been the best oh, yeah, trucking of a catcher ever. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, I you know I tend to think. Um, Oh, what was our old hitting coaches? Hal McRae when he when he took out the second the shortstop at second base. Mm. That would be I would love to see that again. But you know, you can't play we can't play like that anymore. We'll get ejected in five seconds. <laughs> remember his launch at second base? Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It was great. Hey, hey some, some of those old Cardinals had great well, Lonnie Smith had a couple of great trucks too. Yeah, that that era, man. Jack Clark got Mike Sosha in L.A. Uh, a t- quick story, Jack Buck told me that they took Sosha back into the Dodgers locker room, and he came to, and they said, where are you? And they're at Dodger Stadium. He says, Houston. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Yeah, I, I can't imagine taking some of those hits, but to your point earlier, Imagine an NFL player like Ray, Lang- Ray Langford coming in there and stinking steamrolling you. No thanks, man. I'll pass on that. Well, no <laughs> doubt. Hey, when you guys go to London, we're going to have a watch party. I know that uh, we, we've got the Swing for Impact coming up in just a, a few weeks, but we're going to have a great watch party at Patios benefiting Big League Impact right when you guys are playing the Cubs in London. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They're, uh, I think that the... Um, the watch party at patios, yeah, that got didn't that get? I was sure. thinking that got switched with the uh, with the trivia night, but um, very similar setup, whatever. So yeah, yeah the, we're we're hosting a, a Cardinals uh, watch party at patios down by the stadium. I'm not going to be hosting it, but our big league impact charity is going to be hosting it, and we're all going to be there. And I, I'll try to send a shout out to the people at patios. How about that? Uh, the when we're over there in London. 
Oh, that'd be perfect. All right. Love it. Uh, Adam, always great to hear your voice. Thanks for taking the time with us. By the way, Matthew Libertor, you were supposed to go tonight. Matthew Libertor goes tonight. It'll be fun to watch him pitch. He's been pitching great. And when I went down to uh, AAA for my last rehab start, he started the night before, I think, or maybe the two nights before. I can't remember which. They said he was sitting 96 to 99 with a nasty changeup and a nasty curveball and all kinds of gross stuff like that, man. So. And, uh, you know, his, his mindset, you know, it's, it's funny when you see pitchers who come up at an early age, sometimes they're ready right away. They just are ready. That's the right time. Um, and then, and then you got other people, which is most people when they come up, they're almost there and they just need a little bit more tweaking, whether it's physically or mentally or pitch repertoire or whatever. Michael Walk was that way. I was that way. And uh, I think I've seen a, such a difference in Libertor from spring training on, actually. A different guy came into spring this year, more more ready, more mentally ready, more physically ready. Stuff was unbelievable, is unbelievable. Um, but, you know, it's a thing. When it's, it's a thing. And, Kerry, you can speak to this. When mentally you know you're ready, mm-hmm. that can do amazing, wonderful things for your physical your physical being, knowing that mentally, dude, I'm I'm here. This is where I'm supposed to be. I'm ready for this. When you when you 100% believe that, you can do crazy things mentally. Indeed. Adam, Adam, it should be fun. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. Have a great day. Yeah, no problem, man. That, that, that watch party, just, just in closing, um, tickets are included uh, with tickets include food, drinks, parking. There's going to be trivia, raffles, games, silent auction, all kinds of stuff. So go to uh, bigleagueimpact.org slash Cardinals London Watch Party, uh, if you can remember all that, and go to there and sign up. <laughs> all right. Sounds great. And uh, we will be there. Looking forward to it. Adam Wainwright with us on 101 ESPN. We always appreciate Wednesdays with Wayno. As always, a great job today by our producer, audio engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, this was fun again. It was. CD, have a happy hump day. My man. And we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. We do have a balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax coming up. By the way, tomorrow and Friday, we've got extended shows. We're with you with the balloon party till 11 tomorrow and Friday. Oh, yeah. You know, and we're going to have fun games, and it's just going to be really exciting <laughs> we got stuff. a game that we don't even know we're playing yet. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, Randy, only, only Randy knows. Only Randy knows. <laughs> Until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.